And welcome back to another episode of Donut Squad Radio, um, where you can hear two best buddies talking about all the fandoms they love. Um, it's kind of an impromptu show that we're doing today. Um, this is our first test run of doing a show over Zoom. Um, so, you know, we're all at our respective homes um, having a great time. But Obi-Wan Kenobi just blew us away this week. So we had to get on and, uh, and talk about this episode and other things that we wanted to throw in the mix. Um, but I am joined here with my co-host, Colin. Colin, say hey to the people. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to get into this episode. So excited to hear our special guests' opinions as well. Mm-hmm. I, I am wait. too. And speaking of our special guest, I have my cousin Kevin on the show tonight. We are so excited to have him. Kevin and I send stupid memes and video game updates and comic book updates to each other on a daily basis. But we never really actually get to talk because he lives in Hawaii and uh, we just don't take advantage of the technology that we have um, you know, at our fingertips yeah. all the time other than Instagram. So it is great to have Kevin on here. Kevin, say hey to the people. Hey, everybody. And I'm going to take this time to pressure you guys because most of the podcasts I listen to, they have like an intro, like a musical intro. And since I know you're doing all these uh, live performances and everything, how about we get a original done by you so you can open it up? Oh, I totally man. Agree. I totally I, agree. The pressure I needed to be know. put on, Kevin. Right. The pressure needed to be put on. It couldn't be put on, put on by well, me. Well, shout out, shout out to Uncle Greg for uh, um, pressuring me into getting the podcast on Spotify and Apple. So it's it, I do need to be called out on things like that, or else I'll be like, I don't care. Like I can go my whole week without having to deal with this. Um, yeah, Spotify, Spotify definitely helps because I get those notifications when you guys post a new one. Yeah, I um, I'm glad we did that, and it was actually like the easiest thing in the world. But yes, I will. Uh, I'll work on getting. A little intro. I need to think of something cool though. It needs to be like, I don't know, related to. I'll just. I got my bongos in the closet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't squad radio. Yeah, you heard it here first. Um, Well, cool guys. Let's dive into it. First off, um, Colin and I had the opportunity to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi parts one and two um, about a week ago. And I really want to hear what Kevin thought about those two episodes. And I also rewatched them and have some other points. But before I say any of those, I want to hear Kevin's opinion on this. So, Kev, what yeah. what'd you think of the first two? No, I really, I really liked it. And you guys really emphasized that uh, the recap that they showed in the first episode. And I got that same tingly feeling I got during Endgame when uh, they were just showing all the old scenes and going back and basically retelling the story that we all know and love, but just giving, you know, the wider audience, you know, a quick recap about, you know, this is where we're at. This is what we're going to dive into and some of the themes that we're going to talk about, but no, I've really enjoyed them. Uh, you guys, uh, I think Colin really hated, uh, I'll, I'll talk about when I talk about the phase four stuff, but the, the kids from, Doctor Strange really, really poisoned me with Leia to start it off, but she really <laughs> redeemed herself in the third episode. Uh, but no, I, I, I really liked it. Um, you know, you really saw like the, the PTSD that Obi Wan had, or he's, he's been dealing with, and 
uh, what is it? The se second episode ended with him having like another nightmare or no, he, uh, what was it? He said Anakin's name and then yep. he opened up the Anakin in the back to tank. And I actually rewatched Rogue One, uh, some scenes the other day. And I forgot that they had a back to tank scene in that one too. And it, you know, they kept it to the similar look as that Vader. Cause I don't think it was Hayden Christensen in that movie. Was it? No, I don't. I don't. I don't yeah. believe so. I think this is if this was his like return to Star yeah, Wars, right? right? Yeah. It, it, mm -hmm. They definitely did a good job of making it, you know, look the same, uh, flow the same. But I, I really have enjoyed it so far. And when we get into the third episode, I watched a, a recap of it. I mean, I watched it last night, but I watched a recap of it just now, and looking forward to getting into it. Nice. A little like fun fact about Hayden too is he actually has a they have someone specifically as a Vader like body language coach who is coaching Hayden on all of Sebastian Shaw's movements. Actually David Prowse, not Sebastian Shaw, but David Prowse from the original trilogy, all of his movements. And that's one of my points from this past episode is like a lot of his like quick movements and stuff was mm -hmm. it was very original trilogy you could just tell that they're putting a lot of effort into that that is so cool and and, and honestly like it's so smart too because you know we from from knowing darth vader and you know the menace that he is um it's it's hard for at least new viewers without a villain to kind of have a face and have facial expressions and things like that you really do need them to emote in 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 a scary way and i mean we'll get into episode three but oh my gosh there's a the full scene that's just terrifying yeah. and you don't have yeah. to see you don't have to see anything on their face it's a lot like um it's almost like you know some of the best um some of the best andrew garfield spider-man scenes are because he's emoting so much with you know his his body he's using Definitely. his body to kind of emote whereas you know later on disney finally realized hey you know what if we at least allowed his eyes to move <laughs> with the tom holland stuff so right. it, it, i think that's that's so cool that's, i did not know that that um he was working with like they actually had somebody to teach him how to do that but it, it worked <laughs> i mean yeah. not to go too far in but it, he's doing his job whoever it is. oh my god yeah it it is like classic vader in there i love it um <clears throat> uh kevin any other thoughts on parts one and two uh not really i mean you guys pretty much did a good job uh hashing it out and uh no i, I really enjoyed it i'm just trying to think back because between last week and this week there's a lot's gone on with work and everything so i'm trying to <laughs> trying to remember last word learn together uh but no i mean it it really set a tone and i know you guys weren't a big fan of uh third sister and i know i talked to you about this offline but i think it's going to be a battlefront two scenario where she ends up like redeeming herself or something like that where she ends up being uh you know she's got resentment towards obi-wan for whatever reason and i imagine hopefully they get into it in these last three episodes uh but i think it's going to be a case where she somewhat sees the error of her ways or she just goes full dark side It'll be either of the two, but hopefully we get some sort of better character development. And yeah, we'll talk about it when we talk about the third episode. Definitely. Um, 
I can see that either either one of those yeah. happening. But um, I got to go on a quick rant here, really quick. <laughs> um, since the first get on your soapbox, yeah, get on that soapbox, man. This is the only time I have to like rant about this stuff, or mm-hmm. else like you know, just my coworkers <laughs> at work are like, Shut up. um. Since the first two episodes dropped, um, the actress who plays the third sister, Reva um, Moses Ingram, has received like all these like hate messages, a lot of racist stuff. Um, and not even for terrible. like a justifiable thing. It's not like saying, "Oh, your character sucks." Yeah, it's you just know, your it's, acting's terrible. It's just generic BS that people are throwing on Twitter. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous um, that we still live in an age where that shit happens and I'm so tired of it. Um, and, you know, if, if you think that there's any place in Star Wars for for that, like you are no fan of Star Wars, you are no fan of any of this shit. Sorry, dropping dropping bombs right off the bat, but um, it's just bothering me. And like, yeah. you know, she's she's doing a great job. Like I, I said last week, um, the character's growing on me. I don't remember exactly what I said, but the character's growing on me. I'm not really sold on the character herself, but like, don't be... A jerk about it you know you can you can not like the character and like that's fine i don't care it's the same crap that we went through with kelly marie tran and it's and yeah it's and and it wasn't right then and it won't be right ever so it's just it's it's one of those things where exactly it's like you can you can dislike the character arc you can dislike the acting or anything like that but i mean the minute you start bringing race or anything into that your point you are you are just white noise now i'm blocking yeah. you out entirely it's just like you that's, know <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and why i just stay off of twitter <laughs> right i don't even have twitter anymore i i straight up down because it's such a negative place mm-hmm. um but those things still pop up but you know a lot like you and mcgregor put out a video saying like hey um any of you guys who sent these messages out to moses ingram you are no fan of star wars you don't like yeah. He didn't say like he said something along the lines of like you are no fan of the show, um, think, but he also um, said you are no fan of Star Wars. In my eyes, and I was like, you go, you good like. for him. Yes, he should. And and yeah. I I actually saw something as well that um, the Star Wars like blue check mark official Twitter released a statement similar to that, and that was the first time they had ever spoken actually spoken out about or tweeted something out about that yeah. even even with the kelly marie tran um everything um they they kind of not kept quiet but they didn't have a definite stance and this was actually the first time that they they said something as well so yeah. it's, it's as it should be you know there's there's just you no know. place for that um yeah i mean after like Jake Lloyd, he hates Star Wars, the actor who played Anakin in episode one. Ahmad Best, who played Jar Jar, Kelly Murray Tran. Um, I don't even know Diego. how you can get on the guy who played. I don't even know how you can get on the guy who played Jar Jar because like it was CGI. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. It's like, like get a life if you need to do that. Yeah. Get it. Get a freaking life. Um, off my soapbox. I had to say it. Uh, Gun Squad Radio is disgusted with that. Yeah. And we are with Moses Ingram all the way. And also, I think everyone's going to eat their words by the end of this um, this season and see her character arc. Um, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still figuring out with her uh, yeah. as a as a character. Yeah. But uh, but I support her as an actress for sure. But anyways, Colin, did you have any other thoughts that you uh, had about parts one and two since the last time we talked? 
and I just keep replaying that scene where he has that back and forth with the Jawa. What was what was the name? Tika. Tika. Yeah. I just that that is like that's the type of Disney world building that I freaking love. I eat that stuff up because it's just one of those things where like, it's just, it's a little scene. It doesn't take away from any of the plot or anything like that, but it's like one of those things where it it is world building. It's like, even though he is this secluded hermit, yeah, he's going to make little friends along the way and stuff like that. And, and they're back and forth and stuff like that. I thought was really funny, but that's really what keeps coming back to me. I think I said everything and I don't want to rehash too much, take up too much time, but um, yeah, I, I loved it. And going into episode three, I was so excited. I, I was like, counting down the minutes until I could actually watch the episode. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, that's, and, that's uh, such a special feeling. One more thing to push out, and I noticed it right away in this episode, where they've done a really good job of making certain scenes very intense. And it's uh, when they're in the town and Third Sisters, you know, giving Uncle Owen the, the rundown and everything. I mean, we know Uncle Owen's safe until new hope and everything so we knew nothing was going to really happen but you really felt how intense that moment was and definitely in episode three uh again we'll get into it but in episode three it lots of intense moments where you're actually sucked into the moment and surrounded by the how 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 um what's the damn how intense the the scene actually is yeah, yeah, and 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 you you still like to your point, Kevin. Like it, you still felt like you were kind of worried for Owen. Still, yeah. like even though you knew that he had that kind of like that plot armor on his side, like but but they also kind of showed things can happen to people. The Grand Inquisitor oh, yeah. got stabbed right in the stomach, and we, yeah. <clears throat> you know, from Rebels, we know that you know he continues on, but still, mm. it was like, oh, they're just they're doing this stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna talk on that, that really, later. Yeah, that was really <laughs> cool to see, and and they're, you know, they're they're walking that line, um, I think, really well of not going too far to bend the rules with what happened before New Hope, but also like being like, no, this this could totally happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It's like the flip side of when we watch episode three. Like maybe he won't turn bad. <laughs> It's like maybe uh, I'll go and die this, this time. Yeah, yeah um, right. <laughs> but um, a few quick things. I have like I wrote down a bunch of notes. I don't know why this week before I watched episode three, I watched the other uh, two episodes, and I just had a notepad in front of me because I was like, "We're gonna do an episode. I've gotta have my notes ready." Um, but I won't say all of them. But like the big ones were like the intro was clearly like equal parts Anakin and Obi Wan. That was something that stood out to me when we originally watched it. But like I feel like this show is gonna be. It is called Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's definitely going to show a lot of, like, Vader's arc, too. So, a little point there. Um, Vader vision. Yeah. In the uh, in the flashback to Order 66, I believe we're seeing a little Reva there. It kind of close up. It get, we, like, zoom in on a, uh, a youngling who looks a lot like Reva. Um, so, that could be... It was... It was it was pretty, it looked pretty intentional zooming in on uh, one of the young ones. So I, I think we could be seeing her um, and that could be part of her character arc. Um, there was one line that stood out to me that I didn't bring up last time was, so Reva is talking to Flea's character, the guy who kidnapped Leia. 
in episode one. And he's talking, he's saying, like, are you sure Obi-Wan's going to come? And Reva says, uh, he fought beside her father in the war. He'll come. And I was like, what does she mean by that? Like, does she think Obi-Wan, like, is she talking about Bale or Ghana? Like, he fought beside Bale in the war? Mm. Or did he fight beside Anakin? But, like, does Reva know something we don't know? Or that does, does Reva know something that Vader doesn't know? Because R- Vader doesn't know Leia's... Um, his daughter uh he doesn't know he has i don't i don't think he knows he has any kids mm-hmm. um so i thought that line yeah, was really I don't interesting think, i don't think he finds out that he's got a kid until i don't know if it's the comics where boba fett says something how he tracked down a skywalker on tattooing or something like that i think that was the yep. first time that <laughs> canon wise they actually show vader react to knowing that he at least has one kid yeah and he has that interaction with the emperor in empire strikes back where he's like it turns out this is the child of anakin skywalker and he's like how is that possible and he's like i don't know um so vader definitely doesn't know but that brings up a point i have a feeling she's talking about bail and they you know quote fought next to each other even though bail wasn't like a soldier or anything but i did think it was interesting um and she could know something since we're there's definitely more to her backstory than we think yeah, um, I just I, I feel like I feel like I just keep going back to the fact that she in the second episode and near the end, she refers to him to Vader multiple times as Anakin like that. It's just it it was yeah. it, it caught me off guard so much so much just in that point at that point, because I feel as though, you know, Vader would want to bury everything about Anakin. So he he definitely wouldn't want his you know the people right underneath him referring to him or even thinking of him as Anakin anymore. Um, yeah. So it, it it really was like oh like you know why is why is she referring to him as Anakin at all? And not um, not many people even know that he's Anakin. And going back to the comics, which you know are canon, there was one point where they go back to the Jedi Temple with a bunch of uh, troopers and everything. And someone shouts out, or I forget who says that he's Anakin, and he just wipes out the entire squad of stormtroopers because they found out that he was Anakin Skywalker, a former Jedi, all this, this, and that. And so there's only so many people. I mean, the Emperor, Obi-Wan, I imagine some of the Inquisitors, and I guess she's clued into it too. But it's never like definitive who knows he's Anakin Skywalker. It's all just based off assumption at this point. Yeah. That's such a. That's, I didn't know that uh, comic book line actually, mm-hmm. or that part about the comics. That's that's really yeah. interesting. Um, but oh, yeah, those, those yeah. comics, those comics are awesome. <laughs> I know. I uh, I've read like literally a handful of them. Like not way way less than I should. Um, but I hear about a lot of the storylines from uh, Rebel Force Radio, another podcast. Plugging plugging them away. If you like Star Wars, go listen to their podcast. They're very good. Um, but they talk about it a lot too. So I get some of the storylines just from them. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. I, I, I do see us getting like knowing that or see, we see the Reva has a little bit more insight than we are led to believe at this point. So that was cool. And then another point that um, I, I want to bring up about episode two was when Leia is going on like she's saying like okay if someone's offering us their help then we should take it like what are we doing you know and then Obi-Wan's like you just remind me of someone and she's like was she a, G- a Jedi and he's like no she was a leader and at first I thought he was talking about Anakin 
And then I thought he was talking about Padme. And then I was like, well, what if he's talking about Satine in the Clone Wars? Um, Because a lot of it felt a little forced to be talking about Padme. Mm -hmm. Um, Like she was strong and she was a leader and all this stuff. But like it really going back and listening to it, those years sounded like he was talking to Satine. Um, and I think we might get a live action Satine flashback or something like that in this. That would be show. cool. Yeah, so that's another. I feel, point I feel like they would want to. T- I mean, to do to do Kenobi's full arc justice, like you would think that they would kind of put a past love, you know, somewhere in there, trickle that somewhere in there, yeah. um, just and to it, kind of round out his story. And it shows he has compassion for Anakin and Padme's relationship, where a lot of people think he was a rule follower and he didn't, you know, he was just like, what is Anakin doing? Like yeah. breaking the rules. Like he's empathetic towards that. Uh, so I think that'd be to your point, um, really good for his whole arc. Um, but um, those are, that's everything I wanted to talk about from the first two episodes. Um, so let's dive into episode three. I'm on oh, good God. <laughs> um, <laughs> One um yeah, one thing that I said on the last episode that this was nine years or se- I saw I said this was seven years before a New Hope. It's actually nine years before a New Hope. Um, the timelines have been like up, kind of like back and forth between if Luke was Luke and Leia were nineteen or if they were seventeen at, in a New Hope, and it sounds like <laughs> yeah, they're I going it was with 17. Ni- Yeah, now I think they've settled on nineteen. Nineteen. Um, okay. After further research, I did in the last week. Um, <laughs> on so, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, so we got a um, got a retcon in our last episode. We are uh, it's it's nine years, and it's about uh, four years before Rebels. So going in, um, right off the bat, we get Obi Wan again trying to talk to Qui Gon. Yep. And at this point, I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. When are we gonna see him? Go on. We're, <laughs> we're, we're getting it. Like yeah. the first episode could have been a throwaway. Like, oh, he's trying. This is cool. Maybe maybe right. season two. Um, apparently, season two is underway already. So, but I th- they, they, at this point, if they don't give us Qui Gon, they're building up. They had, they got to build up to it because you saw how you know he got his ass kicked by Vader yes. in this episode. So he's got to have to find some way to connect to the Force again. To get yes. his mojo back and what he's better gonna have a, to an 80s training montage with Qui Gon yeah. Jinn, you know, holding that holding the heavy bag for him, <laughs> or yes. just you know, he's he's car- carrying Qui Gon on his back, like Luke, <laughs> did, Luke did Yoda, yes, Force Ghost. Uh, I like to think Qui-Gon. they're in LA and Qui Gon is Apollo Creed and Obi Wan yeah. is Rocky Balboa. They're gonna they're gonna go run into the ocean and hug each other and short words, and then <laughs> Vader takes off his mask and it's Clubber Lang. Um, a lot of Rocky references on yeah, the Tone Squad like, radio today. This is now Rocky. This is uh, Rocky Squad radio. That sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought that was a good intro. While he's talking to Qui Gon, we get the little back and forth between him and Vader, and um, you see Vader kind of being put together, which we saw a little bit in the trailers, but we got way more of it. So cool. And at the end, Obi Wan's like, he's coming, and I was like, oh, like that's terrifying. That suit looks awesome. They really did a good job with, you know, I mean, looking at Rogue One, he, I mean, he kind of looks similar as he did in the uh, 
original trilogy, but for some reason his suit just popped out to me in this episode. Yeah. Probably because we got more screen time and usually when we see Vader, he's just standing or doing the uh, original trilogy saber fights, but you know, a lot of screen time with Vader, I, his suit really popped to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I in one thing that stuck out to me was um this is very much connecting the prequels to the originals. That's mm-hmm. you know pretty clear, but in a way where like um the way they shot Vader's castle when when he's all put together and he's walking through and everything, it it was shot the same way that Rogue One was shot where like not only was it the same set where he's coming out of the back of the tank and all that, but it looks, it's like the same camera angle, all these things. I'm not right. a cinematographer, so I don't know. But I could tell that it was shot the same way as Rogue One. Just having that constant, uh, continuity was really cool. Um, obviously, seeing Musafar again was cool. Vader's yes. Castle, again, from a diff- kind of a different angle than Rogue One. Um, but also... It's- it's so over the top, but I freaking love it. <laughs> it's, so like, sick. it's like, it's like, so where do you want? Yeah, we're, Vader, we're gonna set up your castle and stuff. Where do you want it? On a lake of magma. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's the like badass place? His, go back to his like character development of you know he wants to cons- consistently be angry all the yeah. time. So what better place than to build it on Mustafar? where Musafar already has like a connection to the dark side of the force and all that, but building it overlooking basically the, the lava river where, you know, he burned up and kind of uh, not taking credit, but I watched a recap where guy was talking about how, when he's, you know, looking out the window in his castle, you know, is he looking down where he was burning up and thinking about, you know, the last time he saw Obi-Wan knowing that, you know, he's finally probably going to get his revenge, which, you know, he kind of does, but uh, just reminiscing about, you know, the last time I saw this guy, I was burning up, mm-hmm. you know, down in that lake of lava. Yeah. I'm going to get him this time. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually a comic book strip where um, he's talking to the emperor about where he wants to set up his, his base and yeah. everything. The emperor's like, hey, I'll give you my home world of Naboo. I know you have a lot of ties there. Mm-hmm. And I think he was thinking that he was going to get a lot of like pain and suffering from being there. Um, Padme's planet, well, like, and bad, like bad, bad pain and suffering in the sense that yeah. he wouldn't be able to stay connected to the dark side. I think that would be the case. So yeah, if he and was on the Naboo, he'd constantly think about Padme more so than he already does, probably. Yeah, but, you know, sticking back to Mustafar, where this is where it all started. This is you know where all his hate, you know, came together. Mm-hmm where, you know, that camera angle in Revenge of the Sith where, you know, he turns around and his eyes are yellow, you know, so you yeah. find that, you know, he's Sith now. Ah, great scene. Love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I love seeing more Mustafar. Um, and then cuts to Obi-Wan and Leia. They land on the mining planet of Mapuzo. Um where they were sent by, um, what was his name? Kamala Nanjiani's character, um, the fake Jedi. I don't know, but right. they're sent. They're sent to this planet by him. Don't say Kamil. By Kamil, and they're supposed to meet someone. Um, they end up don't. Con- they, they end up not showing up to the location they're supposed to be. So they quickly hitch a ride with uh, Freck, who I thought was Seth Rogen. 
That's what oh, I, really? I was about to say. I think it's Seth Rogen. I immediately thought that was Seth Rogen. I wrote down a little note. I was like, Seth Rogen, question mark. Um, and I liked this character at first, and he was great. Um, one oh, my gosh. You, you, know, you know who it was? <laughs> Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Really? Oh, my gosh. Weird. And, I would like, never Braff, thought that. Were you doing a Seth Rogen impression? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I totally wow. skipped over before this, actually. Um, one thing, Leia has this line where she's like saying, I thought the Empire was supposed to be helping us. And it's really interesting to see like where the world is at or where the galaxy is at with the Empire at this point. Because um, it's not all, you know, bad, evil, whatever. Um, we get... Leia's, you know, she's obviously being raised by Bail Organa. He's her father, and he is, you know, an amazing guy trying to do good in the Senate, uh, the Imperial Senate, that is. So it's interesting to see, like, her her perspective of the Empire. And Obi-Wan's like, well, they're trying, but it seems like it's a kind of a lost cause at this point. Um, I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool to see a little different perspective on it. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I think the whole... Uh, point of the empire was you know going back to you know somewhat like a nazi germany type thing where it's like this is how you're supposed to live this is the right way and so they push out a propaganda and all this so i don't know how the propaganda works in the star wars universe when it comes to promoting things but the empires there say hey this is how you're supposed to live live by our way or you know things won't work out for you and some people you know see the truth in it to where they're not actually doing what's right for people. And then there's others that just, you know, go along with it because that's just how life is now. And yeah, like, you know, they're like, who am I to change this right. um, against the empire? Um, I thought that was cool. Another huge point I skipped over before we meet Freck is the little Hayden uh, as Anakin in the distance, a little specter of um, Anakin in the, a little far off and Obi-Wan sees a little like hallucination of Anakin in his robes. That was great. I have that down too. Cause when I was watching the recap, I took some notes and that, that was great. I was like, wait, is that Hayden? Is that Hayden? And then it kind of, the camera kind of cuts over to where you can see his face. I'm like, Oh, this is great. It was, oh, it was so cool to see that. And, um, someone else pointed out they're, they're expecting to have a flashback at that point. Cause Obi-Wan's ha- saying like, this planet wasn't always like this, but the Empire came in. I was thinking we're getting like a Clone, Clone Wars flashback. Um, but seeing Anakin in his Jedi robes is making me feel like that flashback is coming in the next two episodes. Yeah. To build up to that second battle we're going to inevitably get between um, Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin or Vader. Also, um, I'm going to have to mute myself in a second, but I will start the next uh talking point um so after that we get a cutscene to uh, the inquisitor base which is the moon of Nur and the mustafar system um and reva had ju- has just talking he's just she has just talked to vader um about becoming the new grand inquisitor and and stuff like that yeah i, I really like the whole dynamic between the all of the um inquisitors right now i kind of like how it's like it's that I'm trying to one up you now. Um, and it's just like, it's, it, they can't even trust each other now. And I think that kind of goes towards 
sort of that rule of two with the Sith where, you know, they know that they know that if you are not at the top and if you're not by the side of Vader, at some point you're going to get iced hundred percent. So they really are kind of fighting for their life here. Um, I, I, I love that little kind of like petty, like, um, uh, is it seventh brother Fifth brother, when fifth brother is like, oh, you know, uh, I already reached out to him. I already let him know. It's it's like yeah. that little like and he's just trying doing it to effortlessly. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. sort of just like you know, I um, I actually you know already told mom that you were going to be late <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Or like you, it's like you, you see know. the struggle that third sister's going through to try to you know get to Obi Wan, this this that, and the third, and mm-hmm. fifth brother just you know swoops in and is like, oh yeah, I already took care of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Actually, and it goes so well along with Rebels because throughout Rebels, you see the Inquisitors like squabbling the whole time and fighting for power, and they're not really cohesive and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I love seeing that dynamic, you know, be replicated here. Yeah, Um, and it's that it 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 shows kind of why it's taken them this long to get to Kenobi because they've been spinning their wheels dealing with each other for so long. Um, and that's not to say that Ben hasn't done a good job of concealing himself, but like, you know, <laughs> like how many like force sensitive, like dark side users here, like, yeah, they, they're bound to get him, but you know, yeah, it, it does show that like, you know, even they can, get, you know, right. exactly. Right. Especially what, you know, those cooks are, um, like motivated by, you know, they're all like self seeking um it's all you know, self-ambitious yeah where like the jedi can be very cohesive because they have a very sh- straightforward streamlined um you know way of living and end goals and stuff like that which you know say what you will about the jedi but they worked a lot better together um so from there yeah we see uh we see we go back to obi-wan and leia um with um with freck on his little transport you see the little empire thing that he spray painted on there it was very reminiscent of like someone spray painting like a like maga you know bumper sticker or something like on there yeah. or like on their barn or something you know mm-hmm. like you know the make america great again thing out there is like um and yeah i'm going there on this show tonight but um uh, well, like what i brought up earlier it's like the Nazi Germany, where you just throw a swastika on your house, saying, "Hey, this, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. down. I'm down." I don't want Germany. any trouble. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and he, you know, it was also interesting to see his take on Empire. He was like, "Well, there's nothing wrong with a little order." Um, yeah. he was like talking about the planet that Ben and Leia said they were from, uh, which is Tall. And he's like, "Good people on Tall, like they follow what the Empire is doing. You know, they're good Imperial people." And it was just like. I don't know. It's just interesting to see how more people are reacting to um, the empire. Um, but from there we get um, some interactions with some stormtroopers who I thought were really aggressive. Super tense scene. I mean, the minute, <laughs> yeah, the again, minute you the, saw them boarding, I was like, Oh man. I, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> again, another scene where they just drive the intensity forward. And especially when Obi-Wan screws up, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man! That, what did he say? He says uh, he calls. He calls Leia, her Leia. Yeah, yeah Leia. Instead of, and then you have to backtrack. Like, oh, I, you know, going back to his, oh, I'm an old man type thing. Uh, yeah. I just think about her mother when I look at her, and mm-hmm. you just felt the intensity, and it only goes up from there. When you know you're leading into it, but when they get stopped, it's like, uh, okay, things are about to happen now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it was such good. Like, like you're saying, just like the way they they built up that tension in the air i was saying i was like oh what's gonna happen and you know again they i have think that. that i think that's where my opinion of leia definitely shifted from you know uh i'm tired of kids in these shows you know dr strange kids ticking me off they're annoying leia was annoying to me in the first two episodes but just seeing how they uh, portrayed her in the scene you know acting calm cool how you see uh, carrie fisher in the mm-hmm. original trilogy uh you know really compose in that moment at being what what would we decide eight nine years old uh yeah. you know that really changed the character for me definitely yeah. yeah and i and and i also love it how they're actually allowing her to do something you know what i mean yeah. she's not just a helpless little kid who obi-wan is just kind of taking care of she's not just baggage in, and they could they could have easily just been like, oh, you know, we've got a bunch of stormtroopers asking uh, asking questions. Um, you, you guys have seen Obi-Wan do the mind trick. He's just going to do that and they're good. Instead of doing that and realizing that this guy's been shut off from the force for, you know, who, you know, however long and stuff like that. Instead of just doing taking that easy way out, they actually let the characters like kind of simmer in that in that tension. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they, they have to think their way out of it rather than just being like, you know, Jedi gonna Jedi and, and they're good, yeah. you know. And, and I, the, go ahead. Go on, Kevin. Uh, I was so just going to well, say. Caveat, the caveat off of what you said about the baggage, I think that's why I was so against Leia in the first two episodes because mm-hmm. she doesn't trust Obi-Wan and she starts running away from him in the city. And it's like, oh, great. Now she's, it's like the, the uh person in the horror movie that you know opens the closet where the killer's at or you yeah. know yeah hey guys yeah. We, should, we should separate we should split up it's like oh well this is how you get yourself killed like, right she was, that, she, was that, she was that baggage in the first two episodes i'm like oh great she's just gonna you know cause problems and this is what's gonna drive the story forward yeah. but you yeah. know good good point about how you know in the scene she comes off as not baggage because she's actually not a useless child no yeah, I I uh, I like how they're using her as a character. Um, she's not just. I think we brought this up. Uh, we definitely brought it up with Batman, um, but I don't know if we brought it up last week. But it's kind of a similar thing where it's like she is an important character, but she also just happens to be a character that we know and is yeah. you know integral to the story. Um, she's not just in there for the sake of having this character in there, um, which I'm really enjoying. Um, and then after that, after the stormtroopers get off uh the transport she uh looks at ben and she's like um like you're hiding ever since i met you you've been hiding something from me um like you know you knew my mother and that part was like that touched me in the heart i was i was tugging i was tugging on my heartstrings there um and i like this 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 part sets up so well like she obviously knows that she is not the biological daughter of bail organa and his wife whose name i'm blanking on um and it sets up like a lot of like fluidity to the original trilogy 
where there's no there's no questions asked about like well didn't she did she even know that she was adopted you know all this right. stuff um but also that moment was just special to know like when like ben was like uh, i wish i was i wish i could say i was your father you know all this stuff like i thought it was a special moment it just draws you back to the the prequel trilogy and you mentioned it in the last in y'all's last episode where you know that was our original trilogy because we grew up with it yeah uh, and it just brought you back to you know the corny moments between anakin and padme on naboo and talking about horse rough sand and yeah all that all that good stuff but you know it just it just draw you it was like a moment in between the intensity especially between the uh stormtroopers hounding them and then the scene we get later on in the episode it was like you know calm before the storm type thing where you know we're you know talking about the relationships that we all know and grew up with with padme anakin obi-wan that little love triangle not really a love triangle but it was you know relationship triangle yeah they were so connected throughout each of those uh each of those movies and uh it was just a great scene just to you know bring us back down to all right we can calm down you know my heart my heart rate's down you know like you said tugging at the heartstrings totally i couldn't put it better um and I like the little anecdote that Obi-Wan has where it's like, I vaguely remember my mother and my father. He's like, my mother oh, shawled yeah. my father's hands. Yeah. And he's like, I think and I had a brother. brother. <sighs> yeah. His brother yeah. was like a baby. And the recap I watched, it's like, so why did the Jedi just take Obi-Wan? Was his brother also force sensitive? Maybe they didn't want to take both of them because it would build that, you know, attachment that the Jedi, you know, mm-hmm. preach against. And it just opens up, you know, the, the character of Obi-Wan more so than we already know. And maybe this will, you know, uh, spark an original or origin story type thing, comic to make it canon that Marvel, yeah. Marvel's been doing a good job with, you know, Boba Fett, Luke, uh, Vader, just expanding upon the universe that we already know. Yeah. And I think, I think it also lends just a little bit of, you know, humanity to, right. you know, the Jedi how it's just like we I, I feel as though like we haven't ever really gotten that backstory of like yeah he was taken away from his family like before he even really yeah. knew them he was taken away from his family like you know like right like spartans um right in, in ancient greece and stuff like that and and it's as you know as morally sound as the jedi think that they are you can kind of see just by their foundation, the fact that they're stripping, you know, a family of one of their children. It's like a combination of wrong there. Right. Yeah. Right. Combination, combination of ancient Sparta, like you said, and then like the priesthood. It's like, hey, we're going to make you into a warrior, but, you know, you just can't enjoy things in life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't ever fall in love. <laughs> yeah. Don't do anything ever to you anyone. Can't kill your wings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, world we're living in. Um, so, um, a lot of people Star are calling Wars us. Mug? I'm going to go get a Star Wars mug. Hold on. <laughs> oh, nice. Man. Yeah, yeah. You got the Star Wars mugs. I have plenty of Star Wars mugs. I just don't have one next to me right now. Um, I love that mug, Colin. It's very cool. For the, uh, the listeners at home, it's a Mandalorian mug with uh, Grogu and Mando. Grogu's. And uh, in various different. Uh, He's got a frog in his mouth and a couple of them, a couple of faces. That. Yeah. 
he's in his little carrier and some of the other ones. It's a great mug. I don't know really what's much. in this mug because I think I just unpacked it two years ago and put it in the cabinet. So well, <laughs> it's just pour it on it. Feel More like reliable coming out. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, and nice. That's a good one. Perfect for this episode too. Shout, yes. shout out to GameStop. <laughs> nice. Um, love that. Um, also, some people are calling him as a joke. You know, it's like Obi two Kenobi, or uh, instead of Ben Kenobi, they're calling him Ken Kenobi. Um, <laughs> I'm calling him Phobi Wan. Um, <laughs> that's my headcanon there. Uh, Obi Wan's brother's name is Phobi Wan. Obi two. Just went with a theme: Ken, Ben, Ren. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's where. That's actually where they got the name. Uh, where Kylo got his last name from. He's like, I'm going to name myself yeah, after yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan's brother that I never met. Um, famous brother. Yes. So after uh, we had that uh, very touching moment between Ben and Leia, um, they get to the little gate where Freck is um, kind of a jerk. And he's like, you guys should, uh, yeah, narc. Um, Throw under the bus. Like, yeah, he's like, you, you, you should check him out, Seth Rogen. Um, Seth Rogen. <laughs> and I thought that scene was pretty pretty dope. You see Obi-Wan still just using his blaster, not using the Force, not using a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows he has to, like, kill all these Stormtroopers, but he's yep. still not even going towards the Force or the lightsaber. Where What also shows he didn't lose any of his, you know, Clone Wars skills with shooting. Mm-mm. Like yeah, he was doing a good ten job. Point, yeah. Ten point on the droid, ten point on the stormtroopers. He snagged yeah. the guy up in the tower too. He didn't lose oh. touch with that. Mm-hmm. And we get a very like the boys death oh my scene gosh. of that so stormtrooper. Cool. Oh, yeah, I was caught off guard by that. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I, was like, I was a surprise, but a welcome one for sure. I know. Like, I was so here for it. It was so visceral, and I was just like. like yeah, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is with Disney and you know separating people. I mean, it's before <laughs> Disney, but you know, you got you got Darth Maul, you got Peggy Carter. It's like they really like uh, give us know, yeah people up. <laughs> I want more brutal stormtrooper deaths. Give me more like Force Unleashed type deals. Oh man, yeah. Um, so we go through this battle scene, um, and we think all is well, but then another little. A uh, squadron of um, stormtroopers arrives with an officer who turns out is like a double agent, um, who is a Game of Thrones actress who I really didn't yeah. like. In Game of Thrones, um, yeah. <laughs> in Indira Varmer is the actress's name. Um, was she was she the the Viper's wife or one of the, the yeah mother she was of a, the, um, uh, something Sands uh, yeah. She, um, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Oh, I, Oberyn, I did Oberyn's not piece together. Yeah, I did she not. Was married to the together. married to the dude that uh, she was married to. Uh, what's his face, right? Mando. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Mando. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Get his head Oberyn Martell. Oh man, I still can't watch that episode to this day. Or <laughs> Dendron. Um, so, but I loved her in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought she was awesome. So she um, she worked with Hodger, right? That's what we're supposed to know. Yeah. She she was so, the one they were supposed to meet up. Okay. Yeah, okay. But she got held up and then she was on her way when she ran into what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an actual officer in the Empire. She's not just in a disguise. Right. Um, she joined up when the Empire started 
because they were putting out all this, um, uh, you know, they, they were saying they were staying for all this stuff, you know, uh, all the propaganda. And then she kind of found out what the empire really stood for and decided to do something about it from the inside. Um, so she started, well, yeah. Um, they, she takes, uh, Ben and Leia to a little safe house. Um, and she started running these safe houses and what they call the path, which is similar to the underground railroad, um, leading force sensitive individuals and their families to Jabim, um, where they get new identities and can hopefully live a normal life, um, following that time. Uh, we find out that the empire is hunting down anyone who is force sensitive, even children right now. Um, so that was a cool scene. I have a lot more to so say about that, it, but I want to hear from you guys. With that, I didn't notice it. And then the recap that I watched uh, before this started talking about it. And I don't remember this character because I didn't, I don't really remember the, the first couple seasons of Clone Wars, but Quinlan Voss, do you know who that is? Yes. Colin, do you know who that is? Um, he was like a Jedi with like a green paint across like a yes yeah yeah long hair yeah yeah so, so I guess yeah. There, this had connections to this episode or like the safe house he was like in charge of it or something like that because the guy kept on talking about it for a good like five six minutes about how Quinlan Quinlan Voss was running that safe house you know trying to help out uh force sensitive and you know Jedi that survived so I thought that was interesting I'm gonna look more into that and then the guy also brought up the droid that's in there is not a droid. He was saying just because of the mannerisms, he didn't really move like a droid, especially like the scene with the stormtrooper in there. He grabbed like the hammer. Yeah. I'm going again ahead of myself, but he was saying how the droid is around the same size and height as Wrecker. Oh my Whoa. gosh. If we get a live action record, I would be <laughs> no way. <laughs> I, I I had not thought about that. I because I I, uh, I I heard a different theory similar, but it was actually Quinlan in there. Um, oh, okay. But I want I want it to be record. I love just how big yeah. just how big that droid was, and I was like, wait, Wrecker? Why would it be him? It's a droid. But then when he was showing scenes of the droid and everything, like, hey, he's not really moving like a normal mm-hmm. droid yeah. does. And especially but, when he grabbed a hammer, it was like more of like a normal hand grabbing something, you know, nonchalantly. I was and watching I was for like, it. Yeah. Um, and even, that, and that's Wrecker. Yeah. I would love that. And even I, for him to even have him. the hammer in the first place, you know what I mean? Like he's a... Yeah. He's a packing droid, so like, why would yeah. why would he ever get on the defensive? So that's that's actually yeah. a really good point that I didn't. I, I didn't just don't know who would, who would play Wrecker because you need a pretty big dude. Yeah, and it's like I'll just you you already got Batista for Disney, so just get Batista <laughs> to play Wrecker. Yeah. So um, so Quinlan, to give you a little background on him, he was a um Jedi during the Clone Wars. Um. He is kind of like one of those like low key fan favorites, kind of like Plo Koon. Um, a lot of people just love these like obscure Jedi Kifuso too. Um, but Plo Koon and Quinlan Voss are up there. And Quinlan and Obi-Wan went on a few missions that we see in the Clone Wars um, TV series. And then he's also 
a he's the main protagonist along with Asajj Ventress in a novel. I think it's called Dark Disciple. No, I think of a different one. Um, yeah, like a relationship. And yeah, everything. and like he has a really interesting journey with the Force. Like he, I, I believe he goes to the dark side, then comes back. Um, Asajj obviously is a Jedi and then turns to the Sith and is Dooku's secret, secret apprentice and then comes back because of Quinlan. Um, and he also has the ability of touching objects and like reading the memory from that object. Kind of like we see in uh, the beginning of Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he also has like the ability of like foresight or something like that. But um, yeah, so we find out that he's been um, helping out with the, the path, um, smuggling younglings. And he writes an inscription on the wall. It says, only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see the way? And there's a huge emphasis on the way. And I thought that was interesting, especially that's not by accident, given the emphasis on the way in the Mandalorian and Boba Fett right now. So um, I don't, I actually don't really know what that means. Like, I don't really have too many speculations on it, how Quinlan can be involved with, you know, at this point, 10 years after the Clone Wars, you know, that's like the children of the watch, death watch. I don't know how they would come into play, but I did think it was very interesting that they have an emphasis on the way. Might be just you know referring another way to talk about the force because say the first part of it again. Um, only when the eyes are closed can you truly see the way. And that, and again, that was the inscription that Quinlan carved on the wall in the safe house. Yeah, I think I think it's just an emphasis on you know probably just staying connected to the force and however which way each individual Jedi connects to the force. And I think Obi-Wan, you know, reading that is really going to take that to heart moving into the next episode, especially the way he gets his ass kicked by Vader. You know, he's not connected to the Force. And we've seen it these last three episodes where he's not as strong with the Force as he was, obviously, in the prequel trilogy. Yeah, he's so hesitant. I think, think, you know, with episode four next week, I could see it, you know, him thinking about it they emphasize it in the recap at the beginning of episode four, probably uh, talking about it. And then episode four will probably, you know, another cliffhanger leading into the, you know, a back shot of Qui-Gon leading into episode five. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I wanted to bring this up earlier, not completely related, but I believe the last two episodes are like significantly longer. Um, yeah, what was it i don't know if that's confirmed but <laughs> i think i've seen a few things mm-hmm. on the runtime being of them, like 90 minutes yeah I, I think i saw both were at least like you know an hour 20 and then the next one's like an hour 30 or so but um there are some other names on the wall carved in there um a lot of them were really deep cuts that i wasn't really familiar with um but some comic book references in there um but i did i really did like how quinlan was on there and i was really excited to just hear what kind of deep cuts were carved in there i was hoping ahsoka was going to be on there but um well you no got the, the jedi logo or is yeah the name of it um 
Is there a specific yeah, name for it, or is it just the Jedi logo, basically? I think it's just like the Jedi Order crest or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw that. Love that. Um, again, one thing that I, I really just love about this show is they're, I said this last week, but they're just not prequel scared. Um, we get so many, um, you know, uh, sound bites, or we get a lot of visuals from the prequels where before, I think Disney is, you know, I said this last week again, but they're really understanding the value they have the value that's in the prequels and you know, that gold mine they're sitting on like anything prequel related. I'm going to go nuts over. So, um, so from this scene, we move on to, um, they're about to leave. Um, and Obi-Wan gets this feeling and he, it's this, you know, overwhelming shock when he realizes that Vader is on the planet. We don't see him. They haven't even looked out the window yet, but this, very low like bass comes over and you see obi-wan and i gotta get you mcgregor is acting like his facial expressions like he doesn't have to say anything and he's like i'm like take the oscar please yeah. i guess it would be an M- i guess it would be an emmy but um he's doing a fantastic job and he's just completely terrified and he's just like he i have a point to bring up about this later but um he's just completely terrified and then we see uh, the Inquisitor show up, and inevitably we see we see Vader um, walking down the main street. You're not hyping up this scene enough, though. Oh, man. I'm, into... I'm I'm trying to let you guys talk a little bit. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm running the conversation, so no, I'm, like, I'm like, and then what do you guys think? Well, well I mean, like you, you, that, you've also got yeah, no, no, exactly, <laughs> and like you've also just got to like you've got to think that like. You know, for for so many years, his presence, his connection with Anakin and stuff like that has felt some sort of way. And for him, for the first time, to be close enough to him to feel how mutated and just shifted that entire energy has become now yeah. has to be one of the scariest things he's just ever experienced. Because it's like, it's got to feel semi-familiar, but it's like, it's it's literally been poisoned like well, it's it is like, it's something is incredibly off about it um it's like someone who um like like the way i think about it is like someone who has anxiety who like ruminates on things and always is thinking about this one thing constantly and then you know a lot of times with those anxious thoughts it turns out to be way less than you think it's going to be and it's like whew, like man i kind of not being anxious about this next time <laughs> story well, of my life. It's, but it's like also, when, also Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, but this time it's even worse than he was thinking about for the last right. 10 years. And he's right. like, he's like, Oh yeah. man. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. But it's like a, it's like a feeling. I think all of us have felt at one point you're, you know, you're out with the boys at a bar or something like that. And then you get like a text in the group chat saying, Hey, you know, your ex is here. And it's, and you just get that gut <laughs> feeling inside you. It's like, you like, think no. about all, 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 all the times, all the good times, but then all the heartbreak. And then when you see her, you know, walk across the bar or at a party or something like that, and then you just get that. We saw Obi Wan get that you, the look on his face. You know, you it's kind just of like, you know relate to it. It's like you get that sunken feeling inside you. And, she, and I yes. think that 
she flicks her fingers and snaps the bartender's neck. Yeah, she starts just like <laughs> yeah. She starts, you know, don't making out with random dudes or something like that. And that, <laughs> in that sense, but it's you know, I don't think she's going around snapping necks and force choking people. But it's like that same feeling. She <laughs> might as well be. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But like, but like, no, totally. It's like this. Um, it's that feeling of, you know, you realize how quickly things can shift when you when you have that sudden realization yeah. of like you know like things are going great oh my gosh we're out you know we're we're gonna get out of here i'm getting lay back to alderaan i'm out with the boys having a great time uh, <laughs> oh wait here's a little like bomb dropped on you like that how uno do you reverse card yeah yeah uno reverse card yes. it's like i i hope deal with that one man so totally and it was um, like the same, same feeling i got like that like you know going back to infinity war and Endgame. Just any scene with Thanos in it where he had the upper hand or you know something bad was going to happen. Like when he came to Wakanda and oh. he's just like tossing people to the side. It's like, oh, God, bad things are going to happen. And then yeah. just Vader walking into the picture, it's like, oh, God. Like the, the scene just changed. The feelings just changed. Something's going to happen. Yeah. And I think they're um, they're adding to this brutal Vader that we've only heard of, you know, in the, in the original like trilogy. He's obviously feared. And he's obviously like looked at as this, this, you know, power not to be dealt with this, you know, but like, um, like you, you not mess with Darth Vader, but now we're seeing and why. As, fans, like, as fans, we saw, you know, the, the greatest thing I'll ever say in Star Wars in Rogue One, oh yes. where, you know, the lightsaber just goes and he just starts tossing all those, uh, rebel soldiers to the side. And it, it you think about that. Cause again, like you said, we never really saw of ruthless vader in the original trilogy yeah so that taste of what vader is in rogue one and you know we see it in you know uh what's it called force unleashed mm-hmm. and all that but just the taste we got in rogue one you know i know we were all foaming at the mouth for the obi-wan series because we knew we were going to get vader scenes and not just uh vader and old Obi-Wan in A New Hope where they're just going zoom, zoom, zoom. Yes. We're going to get like him doing, you know, dark side of the force type stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and we'll come back. But like, actually, no, I'll save it. I'll save it. But it has to do with their lightsaber battle that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would even say this was a little bit more menacing than Rogue One. It's very different. Very different. But he's just yeah. like walked through this town and he's just trying to get Obi-Wan out by like, choking this guy out and then you know what looks like his son comes out to like stop him from getting choked vader just snaps his neck and i was like oh snaps it. yeah i was like what it is, is going- a different feel because it's civilians at this point it's not yes. you know he's right. in battle with rebel soldiers it's just he's walking down a town you know walking down main street usa and he just starts picking people away mm-hmm. it's like homelander he gets the, yeah. the more people he knocks out the better chance obi-wan comes out but you know he doesn't know that obi-wan is just you know, completely not Obi Wan. The Obi Wan that he remembers. Yeah, for me it was and, the him dragging the lady behind him while she's just screaming. It's just like, yeah. oh, it's it's terrifying. Like yeah. it really is. It just shows you just how screwed up he is. Like and you how far gone. Adrian, you mentioned the uh, like the behind the scenes with the uh, not casting director, but the guy teaching him how to walk like Vader walked oh, in the original. It's like Vader coach. Uh, yeah. yeah, the the recap I watched, the guy was saying how 
he kind of saw an Anakin Hayden Christensen walk in Darth Vader. So we got, it wasn't like the same, you know, robotic Sith Vader. It was like, you saw Hayden Christensen in the suit walking yeah. with his own, like a different tone in a sense. And you just saw going back to the beginning of the episode where you see him, they find out Obi-Wan somewhere or uh, I forget the context, but you can just see just the anger start. You don't have to see his face because it's Darth Vader's helmet. You just, you know, you can feel the anger inside of him building throughout the episode to where, you know, he's getting angry at the beginning of the episode. You know, they find out where he's at. You can see like, you know, the water's boiling inside of him. And then when he hits the street and starts force choking people, snapping necks, he's, you know, his anger's up there because he can feel that, you know, he's getting close to his target. Yeah, and he's getting reckless too. Like, because they're both like 10 years into thinking about this every day and they both have very different reactions to it where Obi-Wan's kind of like curling up in a ball and he's like, nope, not a Jedi anymore. Like, I can't even fight. And Vader's kind of like, I'm going to destroy you, but he's kind of getting and like he's not out a, of control. And he's not a reckless as he was when he was, you know, Darth Vader as Hayden Christensen in episode three without yeah. the suit. You know, he's gone through 10 years of all the comic stuff, all the novel stuff, all these battles that he's been in as Darth Vader, you know, taking out rebel fleets himself. You know, he's, he's grown as a Sith Lord to where he's not, you know, the same stupid kid as he was when he fought Obi-Wan the first time. Yeah, you, know, you, you said he's being, you know, he's a little reckless with, you know, just throwing out force chokes and everything like that. But, you know, he's honed his skills and he's not that stupid kid from uh, tattooing. He's, you know, the feared Darth Vader throughout the galaxy. Yeah, it's like in Attack of the Clones where he just goes after Dooku and then in Revenge of the Sith, yeah. he's like, this time we'll do it together. He's like, I was about to say that. Like he learns from his lessons. <laughs> he learns from his mistakes. Um, but I was on the edge of my seat this whole time and i i never do this um i like if i'm watching something like this i do not pause the tv i do not want to know how much time is left if it cuts off at a cliffhanger i want to be surprised but when i saw darth vader i was like no i had to pause it i had to see how much time was left and i saw there's like 16 minutes and i was like oh my god we're seeing this today like i i've been doing that ever since wandavision with these shows where i pause and i'm like okay how much time do i have left damn only 10 minutes what's gonna happen in this yeah. <laughs> it's like i know i'm not like this ha- there was enough time where i knew there was gonna be a confrontation whereas i when i saw vader pop out i was like there's no way they're gonna give this to us right now um but i'm glad they did the pacing so on the show has been great i think um but um so we see obi-wan kind of skedaddle out you know they have their little almost like a horror movie kind of like walking around the quarry um yeah. and vader's very i was literally about to say michael myers like walking <laughs> around never running Mm-mm. never emoting just kind of like very uh i don't know Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and with that I, with that with that uh the obi-wan i know you're referring to third sister doing that but was that james Earl drones or did they do Disney CGI magic and just make it, it was sound James. Like it, it was it was it was Angel Charles. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and they did this thing with his voice, um, where they made it sound a lot more like the original trilogy. Whereas in Rogue One, it was a little different. Um, but it's very it's clear that they're putting in a lot of time and effort mm-hmm. 
into this show. Nothing is unintentional. And I've said that before about these Star Wars shows. The people who are making these shows um, are nothing if they're not intentional about everything they do. Except for those stupid speeder bikes in Boba Fett. Um, But um, so we see Obi-Wan just kind of running away. The line that shook me was Obi-Wan looks at Vader and he's like, what have you become? He's like, I am what you made me. And I was like, hands on the head. I was like, 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 I can't be this like tightly wound on a Wednesday. This is crazy. (laughs) Because it was just the last episode. He found out Anakin's alive. Darth Vader's alive. And then when he actually sees what, because the last time he saw Anakin, he was shriveled up, burning, you know, (laughs) half a human left, left for dead. And then, when he sees this black figure, robotic, you know, entity of evil, he's like, you know, what have you become? Because he saw this guy just walk down the street and start killing people, like it's willy like, nilly. And then he's just, you know, shocked and, you know, what have you been com- become? And, you know, the uh, Michael Kelso burn, you know, I am what you've made me. <laughs> yeah. And it, it honestly, like, um, you see, I, you can see obi-wan like in just like heartbreak because he already thinks it's his fault right. and he's like oh my gosh this is like disgusting to see like it's so sad um but uh let's see here next like it i think one thing that this battle showed was it clearly was a the difference between obi-wan and anakin versus darth vader and ben like these are two completely different characters from the last time we saw them. Um, and it seems like, so like some people have been like critiquing that the battle isn't like their lightsaber battle. Isn't like episode three where they're jumping and Korea. I'm like, Why like would Obi-Wan it? doesn't want to be in this fight. No, is just no. like, and he you can see, <laughs> he hasn't done this in 10 years and he's not yeah. connected to the force. So how can you expect him to be flipping around? And then <clears throat> I mean, Darth Vader has no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Like he's got his magic <laughs> Darth Vader legs. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like you can see, Vader could have like taken him out. He could have absolutely murked him multiple times. But what I was seeing was like Obi Wan just wasn't really putting up a fight, and Vader is like, "I've thought about this for ten years. You are gonna fight back, and I'm gonna be feel satisfied about this yeah. battle." Like yeah, he's like, it's like that. Like, come on, fight me back. Like, hit me back. What are you doing? That's the I rewatched it right before we did this, and that was one of the big takeaways I had. Um, and I also like, kind of viewed that whole fight as less of it, it. I don't think I don't think Vader necessarily wanted it to be a lightsaber duel. I think he wanted to flex on Obi Wan with because he yeah. he seemed just so dependent on his force powers because he wanted to flex on Obi Wan and be like, hey look what I look what I can do now now that I'm not a Jedi yeah now that I've reached this point look what I'm capable of like like you know you taught me nothing I learned everything after you yeah I think the Anakin the Anakin inside of you know Darth Vader the one part that still somewhat Anakin you know got the best of him because he just was like prolonging it you know, he did the whole thing with the fire where he dragged him through the fire and he was just, you know, toying with him, just trying to prolong, you know, whatever Vader wanted to destroy him, but he wanted to enjoy it, prolong it. And that's like the, the deep down in, inside of him, the Anakin that wants to like, 
the one thing that the one mistake he made was wanting to prolong it and uh you know enjoy it in a sense and that's ultimately yeah. kind of where we left off with the end of the episode with Obi getting away yeah and it's like kind of Vader's like downfall here where like he well, one thing when he picks up Obi-Wan oh. and like he drops his lightsaber it's like who is this character we're watching <laughs> like he like Obi-Wan is just like defenseless like mm-hmm. he just he he like is talking his tail between his legs and want to run away yeah. and it, it, I, I I think this is a like they're doing a, gr- the great thing here by showing us how defeated he like oh like Ben has become um but it's it's definitely not going unnoticed that he is just not well he keeps saying like it's been 10 years I'm not the man you used to know and we're all kind of in the back of our head like no you're still Obi-Wan you're still Obi-Wan it's like yeah oh. Not the he's same. Not, it's, great, great. Yeah. Again, another another Rocky Three reference where you know he's on the beach. He gives up, and you know he needs he just needs an Apollo crew to yell at him like, "What's the matter with you?" And he needs yeah. an Adrian to yell at him like, "You know what's the matter with you?" And he's like, "I'm afraid." <laughs> it's like um, it's like tomorrow. Like, there is no tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So we just don't need get some, me started. We just need some. We just need some survivor, you know, I the tiger to play in the background with him doing one arm push ups and you, something just to get the Obi Wan back. You know, there's going to be someone who puts together a training montage after these next two episodes, and yeah. it's going to be to I the tiger. I, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to see that. I'm going to watch Rocky Three now. Um, and I think I, I, I think I think it's also to sort of lend to the fact that Darth Vader is this real deal character. Obi Wan's yeah. not just going to jump back into it and be able to handle his his old apprentice because that's just not yeah. the case. He's constantly been getting better and better and better and better, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan has taken he's he's rusty. He really is, and it well, also like yeah, I he's feel been like, going up. Yeah, he's, you're right. Obi's going to be going down. Exactly, exactly. So like, and and it also lends to you know later on when Luke takes on Vader, it's like yeah, he took on a powerful, powerful guy. <laughs> like, I don't care if he's like, this is, you know, uh, however many years, nine, 12 years at that point, years in the future. But, um, you know, Darth Vader is, they they couldn't underpower him. You know what I mean? By letting Obi-Wan even stick around in the fight. I'm so glad that they kind of showed that. Yeah, he, he got his ass kicked. Like, I'm yeah. glad that they did that. Definitely. Well, I think with the, the Luke fight, uh, not to go off topic, but I think with the Luke fight, you know, he started to not lose his power, but, you know, he was coming more so to the light side of the force. So he was losing that ruthless aggression That's true, that Darth right. Vader had inside of him. So he was losing somewhat of his strength, but it was in a, not, not saying a good way, but mm-hmm. he was losing that touch with the dark side that was fueling him these last 20 years. Right. And that's kind of how Luke overpowered him in that sense. But, you know, when you get full rage, uh, Darth Vader, like Broly in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Nobody's hanging with him. Yeah. 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 Um, I loved how when Vader walks up to Obi-Wan at that, that final location they're at, he just sees those, like, I don't know, very combustible rocks. And he's like, yep, I'm going to dump these out. I'm going to light them on fire. And I'm going to drag them up. <laughs> Great oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't do anything. He just like remember this. Yeah, yeah. He he just looks at them. He's like, "Yep, dumping those out." And like, (laughs) and then like picks him up, lights it with his lightsaber. Super cool. 
Um, that was awesome. Oh my gosh. That was so cool. And it was one of those moments where he picks him up and drags him in the, uh, drags him in the, the, you know, the, the, coals, the, yeah, the coal, whatever the hot coals, like, and I was just sitting there. I was like, is this really happening? I was like, yeah, are they allowed to do this? Yeah. Like, right. You know, it was one of those moments where I was just, I don't know. I was appalled. I think one, um, one negative about that whole scene is that when, uh, the Game of Thrones lady, the one that was helping him out, when she shot whatever into the flames to make him combust, you know, Vader suits like flame retardant and, you know, blaster retardant and all this stuff. So that shouldn't, in theory, it shouldn't really have phased him. He should have just like walked straight through the fire and not let it bother him, but they needed something to, you know, keep the scene going, which makes sense. But when you look at the comics and see all this stuff, like, you know, he's like walking through lava and can be underwater and not be phased by it. The one little nitpick, so that's only for people that know the details of, you know, a Darth Vader suit. And I don't to really go for that <laughs> in this show. It's good to know those things, though. Um, but, um, and then after that, we just see uh, Reva taking Leia. Um, so, who knows where she's gonna go? Yeah. TBD Wednesday. Um, but I like this episode was. I will watch it again before Wednesday for the third time. Like I just thought it was so good. Yeah. Um, it felt surreal to see these characters on the screen together, especially a Ewan McGregor Obi Wan on the same screen as a Darth Vader. I don't know. That was amazing. Well, I think. I mean, it's in line with how Disney's been doing these shows where. You know, they have that one show in the middle of the season. And granted, these seasons aren't long with these shows that they've been running since WandaVision. But I think the the pattern's been middle of the season. There's that one episode that really, you know, gets the people watching. And usually it's been episode four of these shows that they've been putting on. So if we thought we got a good this episode, if they keep in line with how episode fours have been going with all these other shows, you know, that's why I was saying. I think you know Qui Gon may show up in next week's episode. I hope so. Yeah, I uh, I hope we see that trend continue. And one thing about kind of the pacing of these shows, I might have said it last week, um, but a lot of the critiques of the Marvel shows has been good, steady action, and then but it leaves way too much for the last two or the last episode, um, where I think this this episode has shown again that the pacing is just like nonstop. you know episodes one two and three have all just been constant action character building um important moments no throwaway moments i think it's been great pacing so far keeping me engaged and making me want to rewatch everything as soon as i finish it i think you have to with i mean there's only six episodes yeah like six seven episodes in these seasons that they're doing for all these shows so I think they're doing, it's not like Walking Dead where there's 20 episodes in a season and you get, you have to sit through an hour of, you know, Rick yelling Coral and pacing around Coral while he's getting chased by walkers. You don't really get that in these shows. So the pacing's definitely been, you know, above what we're used to with, you know, shows like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But any last thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 3 from either of you? 
Colin, Nothing go ahead. No, and uh, I'm I'm just I'm really excited for episode four, and I think I think through I think we're going to get told uh, Reva's story kind of through Leia through their interaction together. I can I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have a feeling like she'll she'll kind of Leia will be um, kind of talking about you know Obi Wan's trying to do the right Ben Kenobi's trying to do the right thing, and I think Reva's kind of going to lash out, and we're going to get her backstory on why either either why she's so obsessed with getting in good with Darth Vader or why she's so obsessed with Kenobi. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Cause I, I want that character to be fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. I, I think we'll get that too. Um, in one way or another, Kevin, any other, uh, any other thoughts from you? No, I think this episode, you know, you, you get those moments from movies and shows where, you just go on YouTube and it's like, oh, I got to see the scene again. You know, Rogue One, Vader going down the hall, mm-hmm. uh, Thanos going to Wakanda. Uh, just those those moments in a show or movie where you intentionally, I just got to watch this scene. Like the after credits of uh, Age of Ultron where, you know, you see the Infinity Gauntlet for the first time. I instantly, after watching the movie, I went on YouTube just so I could watch that scene again. Yeah. You know, luckily, I don't have to watch a bootleg version of it on YouTube. I can just <laughs> go back on Disney Plus, go to minute mark, you know, 2742, and watch that ending scene. And it's not in like a middle of the scene, it's like a good 10 minute end of the episode scene where, you know, Vader's walking down the street, doing his thing, jumps right into him toying with Obi. And then the episode's over. Yeah. So I think this is definitely one of those times where you go back or you just, if you want to just go on YouTube, just to see the scene. It's one of those memorable moments in a series, show, movie, whatever that you're going to revisit. Even, even like a year from now where you're getting caught up before season two comes out or whenever it comes out, you just want to say, or you just want to see the scene again. I totally. think this definitely stood out. Compared to the last two episodes, it had a key moment to where you'll remember, hey, Obi-Wan really stuck out because, you know, we got the, you know, the little appetizer of him with Vader. You know, what episode is it going to be episode five? More, more than likely episode six that we get another interaction between the two of them when it involves lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Actually, the night um, that this... Uh, episode dropped I was like going to bed and I was like oh just real quick I'm gonna I was like turn my phone off lights were off everything like about to close my eyes go to sleep and I was like oh well just real quick and I scrubbed ahead to where you see Anakin in his Jedi robes like you know from afar and I was like okay now I can go to sleep um it's like those moments I, I totally know what you're talking about but um yeah I am uh I'm excited to see where they go with this too. Cause it's very open. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot on the line, but I know there's a lot that we like, obviously we're going to see, um, you know, a rescue attempt for Leia. We're going to see another, like a rematch between Obi-Wan and, Anna, and Vader. Um, but there's three episodes where a lot could happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where they go. Um, I think we're going to get maybe like one or two cameos. Maybe Quinlan Boss. That'd be really cool. Um, what's his um, 
Ice Cube's son is in the show. Um, I forget his name. Um, but he has like kind of teased he's playing like Quinlan Voss or something. Um, cool. Yeah. So um, I mean, o- Obi Wan could even find himself on you know, a, f- a familiar swampy planet of Dagobah to try to, you know. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Dude, I would. I would freak out. Yeah, that would. If we get Yoda, I'd be not surprised, but I'd be blown away. Um, there's a there's a lot of characters I could still see us getting. Ahsoka is one of them. Um, but also at this point, I think it's only in a flashback where. Because she would, she doesn't know that Vader is Anakin at this point, and Obi Wan would say something. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on. I don't know. We might have to do another Zoom after show after the next one because this this is <laughs> some, something special going on with Obi Wan. Um, but if there's no more Obi Wan talk, we're gonna shift gears a little bit. Um, Oh, actually, one quick thing. Grand Inquisitor coming back. We're going to see him. Yeah. Oh, he's coming back. Yeah, yeah no, like, no doubt. <laughs> Some people, like, are saying, like, no, he's gone. Like, they're just, like, retconning, or I don't know if that's the correct term for this, but, you know, ruining the canon of Rebels. I'm like, there's no way Dave Filoni is letting that happen. So, no, no we're going we're we're to see him come too back. Much, they put too much into Rebels, and I think they already teased... Uh, with uh, the things that came out of Star Wars Celebration for the Ahsoka series, there are DTs, you know, you see characters from Rebels on there. You see... Uh, Sabine, I think. I don't, yep. Yeah. So yeah. if they're going to go that deep into connecting Rebels to Ahsoka, there's no way they can just, like, retcon what they did with Grand Inquisitor because, you know, between uh, Grand Inquisitor and uh, the Blue Dude, what was his name? Um, Thrawn, Grand Admiral yeah. Thrawn. Between between those two, they were key parts in you know a five six season long show. I don't think they're just going to retcon it and you know take out Grand Inquisitor <laughs> as, yeah. as they did in this. No way. I I totally agree. Um, but um, moving to a little bit of a Marvel spin here. Um, I know what was it, two or three weeks ago, Colin and I were able to give our phase four ranking of, you know, what we're feeling about phase four so far. Uh, TV shows and movies so far, there are 11 total. Um, Kevin, we want to hear what you think so far. What you got for us? All right. Well, give me a second. My headphones are dying. Let me see if it's not going to mess with it. Well, in the meantime, I can give a little, uh, are you good? Yeah. Uh, is there any feedback on your end? No, no sounds, sounds good. good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so as I mentioned to y'all before we went live, I usually brief uh, first when it comes to meetings for work and everything. And so once I was done, I knew I had another like hour, hour and a half to kill. So kind of pulled up the list on my phone and, you know, got it down notes on uh, my PowerPoint slides. <laughs> Figured I'd knock it out then. Cause I kept on telling you I was going to finish my list and then, I kept falling asleep. Um, but uh, were you going to mention something while I was fixing my headphones? Um, I was going to give the people um, a little bit of an update of, of what we got at Star Wars Celebration. 
Um, but I can do a quick run through of that um, after we do this. Okay. So I'll do what you guys did. Start from uh, 11 down. So I think it's a, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, it's 11. If I forget anything, just let me know and I'll plug it in somewhere. So number 11, Eternals. And I think uh, one of y'all's friends put it in a good way. It should have been a TV show to introduce everything. It, I felt like, you know, it was, what, two and a half hours long? Yeah, something and, like that. Like, I, I really enjoy the cosmic side of Marvel. You know, I'm big into uh, the Celestials and, you know, Eternity, Infinity, all those, like, higher beings and everything like that. So that's why I definitely wanted to see the theaters, to see the Celestials, you know, on a big screen to where you get the most out of it. Because I tried, I tried watching Eternals when it dropped on Disney Plus, and I couldn't get through it. I just watched the Celestial scenes, and then I was good. I felt like there's too much, too many cooks in the kitchen with trying to build characters. Uh, I didn't really connect with anybody. I think y'all put it best when, you know, I wanted more Black Knight in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we got the tease at the end with him looking at the sword. And then for some reason, you know, Blade talks to him. I'm not sure how they're going to introduce that. But I wasn't really I didn't really have any high expectations for it. But I felt like introducing characters that have a big part as far as, you know, they're basically immortals in a sense. And, you know, now there's a giant island that looks like a celestial head. And right. When are we going to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. in the MCU did this happen to where it's not being dropped in, for instance, like Doctor Strange? All, all this stuff's happening yeah. with the multiverse, but we're not going to talk about this giant, you know, head that popped up in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they had mentioned how they, you know, they know Thor and everything. We'll expand upon the Eternals in the Thor movie coming up, especially introducing the Olympians. Uh, and then Gore, if Gore mentions, you know, him hunting uh, other Eternals, unless they're the only Eternals that they just continually recycle to uh, birth new Celestials. But yeah, I got that at the bottom just compared to everything else. It was, it was just too much. And you, you guys, you guys laid it out pretty well uh, above that. And I hate putting it this low, but just because of the impact it didn't really have with Multiverse of Madness, what if? I really enjoyed what if. Um, the art style, it was good for me at times, and then other times it just looked wonky. Uh, I agree with that. I'm just, I'm just yeah. so used to, you know, the 90s Marvel shows, rewatching those. I just I rewatched those. And then jumped into what if, so I think it just threw me off. Uh, and then compared to like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, all that, it was just an art style that I normally don't go with. But I love the stories. I loved how it all wrapped up at the end, and I loved the the Vision Ultron one. I felt they nerfed Thanos pretty hard when they just yeah. <laughs> oh yeah cut him in half. But it makes sense, you know, an Ultron right. that's you know smart knows everything. He's not just going to let this dude that just popped up through a wormhole take advantage. So might as well use what he's got and cut him in half. Yeah. Uh, 
but I really enjoyed that. So I, it's just bad that it's all the way down here. Next, uh, I've got WandaVision. Really, oh, wow. Only, really only because it took a while for it to build up. Uh, yeah, I hear that. I enjoyed how each episode had a clue to what was going on. Yeah. Even going back to the, what was it? I love Lucy episodes or whatever, yeah. whatever show they were uh, based on off of. I really liked how they had a new theme, a new decade each week. I enjoyed that. I'm a big Malcolm in the middle fan. So I liked how the, was it the nineties or the two thousands? Cause I know modern family was the last one. Yeah. yeah. Malcolm in the middle when they did that intro, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, didn't mind the kids in that, but I'll get to the I know, kids. right? <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna get to this when I get to uh, Doctor Strange. But I, I liked how that story progressed. I thought I'm so used to I forget the actress's name, the one that played Agatha. Catherine um, Hahn. Uh, yeah, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I love I'm Catherine only Hahn. Used to her, you know, in Step Brothers, and then <laughs> and then like. <laughs> roles so seeing her in like a serious thing, I'm like I'm not going to be able to take this seriously but she did a great job as totally as so you know putting this together during a meeting it was kind of hard to talk to myself <laughs> where I was going to rank it so I've got lots of like cross outs I'm like oh I forgot about this one and uh above Wanda just because of I guess how recent I watched it and how I enjoyed the story Moon Knight I got Moon Knight Slightly above Wanda, just because I love Oscar Isaac. You know, yeah. he, got bad, he got a bad rap with, you know, playing Apocalypse. Yeah. Looking, after Dave's so bad. Apocalypse, I was looking forward to Apocalypse because Apocalypse is just a huge character. It's the X Men's Thanos in a sense. Right. But the way they nerfed Apocalypse and made him the way he was, Oscar Isaac got a, you know, bad rap for that. But I, I enjoyed Moon Knight. I thought the pacing kind of was a little off in the middle of the series, in my opinion, just how it kind of escalated a little bit. I agree but with that. I, I really enjoyed the, the split personalities, how it worked well. It didn't really feel like it was Oscar Isaac playing both characters. Yeah. I, oh my oh gosh. My gosh. He, yeah. he was the standout for this show for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to rehash what you guys already said, but you guys put it great. How, you know, it was like two separate characters mm-hmm. and now it's going to be three separate characters in season two. Yeah, uh, and I forget the the name of the of the, the third person, Jake, 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 Lockley. Jake Lockley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that'll be interesting, and maybe we get, you know, with Thor, we get a hint of Egyptian gods in there if they show Gore taking out, you know, that would be awesome. Egyptian gods we didn't see there, him, yeah, or whomever. But I re- I really enjoyed Moon Knight. I mean. It takes a while for my dad to get into these shows because he starts them late. But when I, I was back home when it dropped, so I was able to watch it with him. He really enjoyed it. So if you can hook him, it's that's <laughs> not really saying much. He has bad taste because you know he fell asleep during Batman. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but that's where I got Moon Knight above Moon Knight. Again, I, I really enjoyed. I've, I've enjoyed Phase Four, you know, a lot. So it was hard to try to say what was better than the other i've got <clears throat> excuse me i got black widow above moon knight 
I really enjoyed this because they really in Infinity War they did they did the character justice. It's bad to say because they killed her off, but right. you know they really made her sacrifice mean something. Totally and being able to, even though we all know what happens to the character at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. she changes her hair to blonde. We know where she's going next. It really did the character overall justice. You know, we got her background, you know, why she changed her blonde, where she got her outfit from. Uh, It introduced one of my favorite characters, Lena, going into the the next, uh, my next uh, show movie. But I really enjoyed Black Widow. I thought, I thought out of, for some reason, it feels like phase four, the CGI is not up to par. With there have been moments where it's questionable. Yeah, There's been some of the phase four that it looks a little wonky, but overall, Black Widow, I wish it was higher, but you know they've really knocked out of the park with phase four so far. Mm-hmm. One, one thing about Black Widow, um, a lot of people critique it that it was set you know, during phase three, really. Um, and we like there's no there's no stakes to it, but I thought there was so much value to it regardless. And I said on our show, like it's an origin story without being an origin story, you get a lot of Black Widow, um, and like who she is as a character and why she is that way. But also, like I like seeing what was going on in between those Phase Three movies. Yeah, like when we went back during uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, um, mm-hmm. I liked going back and and seeing what was happening and then where they were during the blip. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's cool. I don't think everything has to be end game. That's the problem with MCU fans right now. It's like right. everything has to be end game. But anyways, off my soapbox back to you, Kevin. Well, Sorry not, not so much the uh, end game, but like timeline wise, everyone wants it to, this movie comes out. Then the next movie has to be not at the same time or before it has to like, right. on to keep the story yeah. going. But I mean, you look at phase one, you know, you had Iron Man, Iron Man happened, then Hulk happened, and then simultaneously Thor and Captain America is happening, or Captain America was in the past, but, you know, there's a lot of things happening at the same time to where you don't really need continuity in the sense that, oh, Black Widow happened in May of 2023 in the MCU, and then Endgame happened in a certain time, I get it. It doesn't really need to be that way, but... You guys also talked about Taskmaster in your episode. I was a little disappointed with Taskmaster, but it makes sense with with the make the story come together. Um, but above Widow, as I mentioned, I got Hawkeye. Love. I mean, I the Christmas theme really put it together. I mean, I had my oh my gosh, on. Yeah. You know, really, it it wasn't supposed to be a holiday show, but it you know, they did a great job with making it a holiday show in a sense, put releasing it, you know, right after Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then it's only five, six episodes and it ends before Christmas. So loved it. Uh, I love the introduction of Lena in that. I, I, I think she's great. I loved, I loved the character. I love the characters in the original Avengers that don't really have powers and you get to see the humanity side of them. You guys touched on it. With you know, you see Hawkeye with his PTSD. You know the injuries he sustained. You know he's deaf now in a sense. Uh, so he's not kind of he's kind of like Obi Wan in a sense where he's not you know top notch Hawkeye. 
Uh, I liked Kate Bishop. I know you guys had some critiques about Kate Bishop, but I just can't, you know, Haley Seinfeld, you know, she's, she's my boo. So I for (laughs) one could not get enough Kate Bishop. I'm with you on that. Yeah, that was Uh, all me. (laughs) They did a great job introducing her character, you know, through school and her family. And it really hyped up, you know, the, is the stepdad really evil or is he just like a doofus? Yeah. I liked him a lot. He yeah, was so he was a doofus. So was it the swordsman or something? What yeah. yeah. But they did they did a good job. And I think, you know, when you look at especially phase four where they're introducing, you know, primarily like female, you know, leads and everything like that. My my only issue is when they like force it. And I feel like yeah. they didn't force like Black Widow, they didn't have to, you know, do the whole, she's, you know, a, a woman and this, this and that. She was just another character, how I view all the other characters. And Kate yeah. Bishop you know, kind of flowed in that. Lena flows in that. One of the reasons why I don't like Captain Marvel is I think Brie Larson does a terrible job with it. I like Captain Marvel, the character in the comics and everything like that. But I think Brie Larson just doesn't come off as... I don't know. I just don't like Brie Larson in general. Anyways, <laughs> that's, we can, that's a whole, we can do a whole segment on that. Yeah. Uh, what number are I, we on? Uh, shoot. 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. So Hawkeye was 6. And again, okay. if I forget something, let me know. Above Hawkeye, this is where I've got a lot of crossouts. I've got Falcon and Winter Soldier. And Winter, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is my favorite movie. It's my favorite MCU movie. It's amazing. Uh, I remember seeing it in theaters and was blown away just because it came out. I think it came out right after Thor Dark World did. Or was yeah. it before? I don't remember when it came out. It was, um, it was after Thor Dark World, I believe, was the second part, the second movie in uh, Phase 2. So but it was after Winter that. Soldier is a movie, if it's on TV or, you know, I want to dedicate myself to a two hour movie, I'll put it on because it's, it's like got a little bit of James Bond 007. It's got mm-hmm. the comic book stuff. It's just got twists and turns throughout the entire thing. And it's the in dynamic, DC. Yeah. yeah. It, oh yeah. It's in, it's in DC. We love uh, that. Got the dynamic <laughs> with that just is playing on the entire movie between uh, Steve and Bucky. And we just went over Anakin and Obi-Wan they got a similar dynamic, but in a different way. But yes, just the the whole relationship with Steve and Bucky throughout that movie, and then that ending scene where Bucky's just pounding his face in. I'm, it's something about Falcon Winter Soldier, but him pounding his face in, and then I'm with you till the end of the line. Is just like stuck in me. Yeah, to where it's it. I, I just can't get enough of Winter Soldier. But Falcon Winter Soldier, another how you mentioned the beginning with the third sister actress getting flack, everyone giving, Oh, black captain America, this, this, and that they touch upon it in the, in the, in the show and everything. But another case where they don't force, force something to where some, some shows like, Oh yeah. Uh, a different character than we used to. He just like meshed. It just like flowed. He didn't know if he wanted yeah. to be Captain America. He didn't want to be captain America. And then he decides, hey, you know, Steve gave me the, he handed this to me. He gave me the legacy. 
I can do this. And especially the, I think it was like one of the final scenes when they go to the Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian or whatever. And they got, I forget his name, the Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. They gave his character, you know, his own exhibit saying, Hey, this was the Captain America. That was Captain America while he was on ice and he was thrown to the, you know, the shadows because of what was going on at the time with racial inequality and everything. And that was a puddle during that scene. That was, it was, oh. it was great. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm in the army, so I appreciate that. And just the fact that he got his, you know, his, his recognition and everything. And he didn't ask for it. You know, he was living in Baltimore and just didn't care. And yeah. also introduces his grandson or his, nep- or his great nephew or whoever the kid was potentially being in, you know, this whole young Avengers thing. That's mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, above Falcon Winter Soldier, I got uh, Multiverse of Madness. And God, those kids. Those kids. They just spoiled it. about it at the time, but it was you talking about it. In, it just, <laughs> like, gosh. Yeah. They, I don't know who allowed that scene to get off of the cutting floor, cutting room floor. If you take out the ice cream scene. I like that movie. You, I, I'll give it 5% more. 5% I mean, more. I like that. You said it best. Dude, why, it, couldn't, why couldn't it have just, it just been like a picture? Yeah. That's <laughs> all it had to be. <laughs> oh, I it was build up. A little bit like better the, than just them like monotone. Yeah. It was like, no, you start, you start, you start. And it was like, oh, what are they going to do? This is going to be cute. And then it was like, what? Who let this happen? You know, Adrian and I got young niece and nephews and it's like, hey, you want to see me do a trick? And they just like do 180 foot like turn. And it's like, okay, cool. But they drew out this scene for like, it felt like 90 seconds. Oh my gosh. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to go from start to finish. When they're traveling through the different multiverses, I told Adrian, he didn't notice it at the, at the time, but we got the Living Tribunal for the first time. In, yeah. In those wow. transitions. It was like the, one of the first ones. Or yeah. Was it one of the first ones? It was one of the transitions. I think so. Where you get the Living Tribunal, they're passing by him, whether that's they're actually passing by the actual Living Tribunal or a statue of him in a different universe i thought that mm-hmm. was cool again i love the you know the the higher echelon of the the marvel entities uh i loved america i thought she was a great character Wong, you know he's the main star of phase four so far <laughs> always, always the, um, i love Wong. love Wong. the <laughs> the scene where they run into mordo Kind of threw me off because, you know, they're buddy-buddy. And then, okay, he drugs him, takes him to the Illuminati. Uh, going down the line in the Illuminati, Black Bolt, I didn't watch Inhumans. I think I saw, like, a clip of it. I was not going to waste my time. I was a big agent yeah. fan, but I was not going to waste my time with Inhumans. I thought uh, the costume looked good. I don't know why people are making fun of the costume because it's as accurate yeah. as you can get with a guy with a fork on his head. Right, awesome. I think I, uh, I think it looks really yeah. slick. And then I thought the way they, I laughed when they, the way they uh, killed him off. I laughed because it's like, oh, this is how they viewed 
that in human show is <laughs> yeah. yeah. his head off and it was like yeah th- this is what we're doing in that whole show <laughs> dude i was shook i don't have to uh, say it again uh, but wow <laughs> uh seeing peggy carter's captain britain was pretty cool even though we already saw her what if i don't know if it was the same character from what if or a different peggy carter that's something i couldn't i couldn't connect the pieces on uh, the Captain Marvel was interesting just to see if, you know, again, I forget the character's name, if she was the one that got, had the interaction with the Tesseract and got the cosmic powers. Um, and then John Krasinski, that sneaky, sneaky bastard. Yeah, he I know. <laughs> he says that I've got nothing apart with Marvel, you know, if they approach me. Anything. Direct, yeah. Oh. I thought, I thought that was, when he popped up, I was like, I just read an article today saying you weren't going to be doing anything with Marvel. You, you sneaky guy. Why are you on my uh, screen right now? Yeah. So does that mean Emily Blunt for Sue Storm? It's got to be. I hope so. I love that. Would love. Oh. That, I love was his, that was his one caveat. Yeah. I love the quiet place and their dynamic mm-hmm. in that. So it's got to be Emily Blunt. Yes. But I saw something on Instagram where people were saying, how could they mess up the costume? The one from the 2000s movie was so much better. I was like, no, this costume is pretty good. Yeah. Are you high? Also, yeah, like, like, it's, in a different, it's a different universe. Like the costume right. he's wearing there is, it doesn't have to be the costume we see when they had the Fantastic Four movie. Right. right. Yeah. Everyone chill. Everyone yeah. relax. John coming in was pretty cool. Uh, hopefully, I, I imagine he's going to be Mr. Fantastic in the Marvel 616. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, and then... I didn't notice it with like the second teaser they pushed out where they showed, you know, Professor X will out in his mm-hmm. uh, chair. And it didn't connect with me until you heard that guitar riff. From- oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when I thought, I don't, I don't know if anyone else noticed that because I audibly went, oh, you know what, in the theater because yeah. they did it. I'm like, wait, did I hear that right? And then they uh-huh. did it again. I was like, oh my God, this is the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> the cartoon. Like, how cool is that? That they're throwing awesome. us a 90s <sighs> I Saturday even, morning like, cartoon so cool. in live action. Like, I didn't even, like, consider that they would bring in, like, imagine if somehow they got some actor that looked like the Spider-Man from the 90s Spider-Man mm-hmm. being, uh, No Way Home. I'm like, oh my God, if, it's the guy from the cartoon show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they can do that. Like we saw animated universes in yeah. Doctor Strange. So mm-hmm. but paint universes. I don't think that's the end of uh Scarlet Witch. I think somehow she'll be back. She's Absolutely. Probably, she's yeah. probably buried, but you know, under a force field in a trance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh but I really enjoyed it. I liked the little connections they made with the, the different multiverses. Uh, I thought the third eye looked, again, the CGI looked wonky. Yeah, it was, I, it was a little distracting. I don't know if it was a CGI thing for me. I just think it just looked weird in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like it, There was something off about it, but I don't think it was a lack of CGI funding. I could be wrong. I'm not a, I don't know. And I think the my only critique with the post credit scene, just diving into the dark dimension, all that, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of hoping for a Jonathan Majors cameo somehow. 
Oh yeah. Like whatever Kane's in charge now, somehow like sitting on a throne overseeing what's going on sort Mm -hmm. of thing. I was kind of looking forward to that, but that's where I got Multiverse of Madness at four, three. And this was one of those ones where it's like Guardians of the Galaxy where you don't really know who the character is. It's a off-brand character. It's not Captain America, Iron Man. We haven't really seen him before. Shang-Chi. That movie can ass. It was so cool. That movie is phenomenal. That movie was awesome because it didn't rely on CGI. Obviously, when they went to the um, to the other I don't I don't know what they call it, the dimension, the other world that they went to. Mm-hmm. There were CGI yeah. and that the dragons, which I thought looked great. Uh, the dragons and that looked great. But all the effects were just the either the actors knew how to do things or the it was just practical effects with them just yeah. doing stunts. It was like watching a Jackie Chan movie, knowing that Jackie Chan's doing all that stuff. He's getting thrown out of a of a building, uh getting blown up. Mm-hmm. Uh then connecting him to the Avengers at the end, the post credits, or if it was the post credits saying, Hey, we're looking for more people to join. Are you willing to join? And then I thought Aquafina, I never knew that she was like a, a thing. She was like a social media person. Yeah, out. I think so. And she was, she was like a comedian before. But well. I thought, I thought yeah. she was great. Uh, the, the post credit scene with Sean, Chi's sister taking control of the 10 rings Mm-hmm. I listen to that song at the gym when I'm walking into the gym. Such a great soundtrack. I walked out of the theater just like jazzed and pumped up. Just like she just sat down. I forgot what she said, but she said something. And then that's just when like the piano started playing and it just jumped into the montage of everyone training, the Ten Rings, the new Ten Ring Army training with the with the song. Oh God, that was, I thought so that, was cool. that was a great way to like end like a second post credit scene, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I understand why they did with Multiverse of Madness with uh, Evil Dead dude who's in every Sammy Rainey movie, yeah. but that was just a great oh, yeah. the theater. I was jazzed. It made me like the movie even more because I'm like, oh god, this character's a badass. Hype. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That song again. I listen. I put that song on. It's that or a different song that I listen to when I walk into the gym, and it, and that just gets me jazzed up. Yeah, that soundtrack goes hard. Oh yeah, then the entire the entire thing. I I love the character of Sean Chi. How he was just again another doofus, but he's a strong doofus mm. that gets this his, new power. His character was very compelling. Like oh. I I really liked him, and I really yeah. like that actor. He's like yes. one of the most like up and coming people right now. He's very popular right now, and it's just funny how you know he got to start doing just stock photos of him like (laughs) in a board it's like the generic college campus like look at all these kids of different races hanging out at the student union black guy white woman person in a wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) uh no i i really enjoyed that i thought because that movie came out after black widow right yeah it was uh yes i want to say August or September so of one, 2021. I know I Black Widow September. kicked off Phase 4, but I think this one really kicked off Phase 4 where we're getting new people, new heroes, mm-hmm. and this really set the tone. And so this came out, because I saw it here, and then Eternals came out, and I'm like, oh, God, I got to sleep through two hours of this. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Shanxi definitely in the top three. Two, you know, I would I can't get enough of this show, Loki, just because it's amazing. Set mm-hmm. It set the tone for Phase Four. With like, I didn't expect them to because when they announced, "Hey, we're doing a Loki show," I'm like, "Well, how are they doing Loki? He's dead, right?" And then Endgame came out. Oh, it's going to be based off of this Loki. Well, what are they going to do? And then just making the TVA a thing. It's like everything happened in the MCU for a reason. Uh, I loved, uh, what was it, Sylvie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved Sylvie. I liked their dynamic together. And then that last episode. Oh, my gosh. Had, when I say edge of, edge of my seat, I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, how are they going to do this? Like, who's going to be at the end? Is it going to be Kane? It's got to be Kane. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, what's her name? Was it Ivana? Was that her name? The one that in charge of the TVA? Oh, I don't remember her name, but I know you're talking about. So, I mean, in the comics, because I've read, a, I've read like a whole Kane thing on the flight back here because it's a 10-hour flight. Uh, you know, that's his love interest to where he keeps on going back in time to try to win like do things right. But then he meets another cane that says, Oh, you got to do it this way. Oh, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. This is how I'm going to win, you know, her heart back, but he keeps on messing it up and basically makes that character come back throughout time as a different person, different civilization, what have you. But he continues like Kane is just like destined to damn himself in a sense. Right. Right. And so if she's in it, it's like, oh, Kane's got to be at the end. And then when uh, Jonathan Majors just pops up out of like the, the little elevator or whatever it was, I was like, oh, things got real because you knew the rumor was that he was going to be the big bad mm-hmm. going forward. And he's and, a different type of big bad now. Yes. Well, because it's different because that's not going to be the Jonathan Majors we see going forward. Right. Yeah. And when Sylvie pushed Loki through the portal, he comes out the end, he's talking to Owen Wilson, but it's not the Owen Wilson he knows because it's a different universe in a sense now because he looks over and you see the big statue of Emperor Kane, and it's like, well, now, how are all these movies going to relate to this now? And that's why I thought Multiverse of Madness was going to have a cameo. I'm thinking, all right, with all the things happening with Thor... And, you know, gore and all that stuff. Are we going to get, you know, this cane and drop in this movie? Or are we just going to have to wait until Ant-Man comes out what, February, February 23 yeah. to see the actual cane that we get going forward? But I love that every episode had a uh, cliffhanger that was like, oh, I got I can't wait until the weekend to watch this. I got to watch it. I got to stay up late and go to bed late to, cause, you, yeah. cause it drops for you guys at 3 a.m. For me, it drops at nine o'clock at night. The day. Oh. So I get to the privilege. Yeah, like I when I was, I was messaging Adrian on Instagram, watching Obi-Wan before you guys did. I'm like, spoiler alert. There's two episodes. I was not tracking this. <laughs> and I was like, don't you say anything right now. I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> but uh, Loki was definitely something I had to watch. I couldn't get anything spoiled. Uh, and then obviously number one, Spider-Man. Like, of course. They, you know, they, like, they, the constant denials from Garfield and Maguire were like, 
okay, maybe I believe them. But at the same time, I was like, no. Yeah. Even like the, the leaks that came out that were confirmed to actually be leaks, I was like, this looks fake. This doesn't look real. Ended up being real. And I thought they knocked out of the park with that movie. I didn't have any complaints. The fact that uh, William Defoe is just a crazy, crazy person. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Like, just... He did. Like I watched, uh, I think I watched No Way Home, and then I watched, you know, Spider Man One and Two mm-hmm. with Tobey Maguire, and you know, I've got attachments to obviously Tobey Maguire because you know I was we were all kids when that move, those movies came out. Yeah. Andrew Garfield ones, we were all like, oh, this is you know BS. Where's Tobey Maguire? This is in Spider Man. <laughs> I enjoy the Garfield ones because I thought he did a great Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, scene with him and Gwen Stacy in the second yes. one always gets me because you you didn't really care about Spider Man in those movies, but you cared about Peter Parker and Gwen yes. Stacy. Yeah. 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 They did a lot of good things right. Or they did a lot of things right in those movies. And mm-hmm. unfortunately the movies just you know had a lot of, you know, lower parts. The movies, but yeah. the movies failed where Spider Man three failed where the villain was just lousy like yeah. it's just there yeah. Yeah. i don't need eric foreman from that 70s show being um the venom i grew up with with the 90s cartoon and the comics like i don't right. need that venom. right yeah. or my Eddie brock who's supposed to be like the jock jacked out yeah, yeah. right but instead i'm getting eric foreman who gets threatened it's, by it's edward brock <laughs> edward sir edward brock jr edward brock jr yeah <laughs> But seeing seeing Garfield come through the portal, you know, obviously got one of those. I don't think I'll ever have a moment in a theater like I had during Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind people clapping and, and being excited for things because that was just like an incredible experience to go through. Yeah. Getting chills right now. Garfield coming through. And then just like this, we didn't even need – uh, Toby to swing through a portal. Mm-mm. He just walked through. It's like <laughs> street clothes. I like, loved it. <laughs> like, Where am I? Uh, hey. <laughs> and just the the heart to heart they had with Peter after Aunt May died mm-hmm. uh, on the school roof. Like, does he go to a place where he just thinks or anything like that? Because we knew each of them had a place like that. Yeah. Yeah. And just the heart to heart they had with him. And we never knew uncle Ben in this universe, but they said, you know, may drop the, with great power comes great responsibility line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in each universe, that's what we get for Spider-Man is we have, you know, the same with great power comes great responsibility. I don't think I, I, I'm sure there's something in a comic where, you know, Spider-Man went down the the dark side of the force type deal. (laughs) Right. the Spider-Man that we grew up with, you know, they had that father or mother figure that told them, you know, any time in life you've got, if you have great power, you got to use it responsibly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peter, uh, Toby talking about, you know, Uncle Ben and then uh, Garfield saying, you know, I lost my MJ. We saw how that affected him towards the end of that Spider-Man movie. And then again, another scene in that Spider-Man movie where 
rhinos going through and then the kid steps in front and then you just see Andrew Garfield Spider-Man just like casually walk in and say, you know, I got this. And, you know, we get the cliffhanger that we don't get a sequel to that movie. Yeah. Uh, but they did, I mean, again, knocked out of the park with Spider-Man, did it justice with making it like a multiverse type deal, like introducing us again, like expand upon what we saw in Loki. Mm-hmm. Hey, universe, this is how it's going to impact, you know, the characters from the last 10 years and, you know, restarting Peter Parker, getting that costume at the end, like the classic blue, classic red. Oh, it's so sick. I love that. Oh yeah. yeah. And the fact that it was during Christmas time again. Yeah. I was like, Wait a minute, yep. Is it during Hawkeye? Like when now, now, now that's when I'm doing the whole timeline thing myself. Right. Yeah. Happening during Hawkeye. Uh, but also with that, tying it back into Hawkeye, the the episode of Hawkeye that week was when we got the Kingpin drop. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is not by coincidence. Something's happening in Spider-Man. We're getting Daredevil in it. And of course, what? we get Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock in it. And I'm like, yeah, oh, awesome. And now we know that there's going to be a show Disney's doing with Daredevil. And I hope they incorporate him in any cinema they do. Mm-hmm. going forward especially with like spider-man but Definitely. the fact that I, I saw people complain that oh he doesn't have anything anymore he lost his family all this so it's like well that's called character building right like, yeah yeah this is this is yes. I, i'm so excited to see where they go with him now mm-hmm. like there is a huge open world that they can they can do literally anything like is he gonna be yeah. part of the avengers is he Gonna do his own thing for a while. Like I am so excited to see what they do. Yeah, and I, is... I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it to you or my other buddy, but when Strange and Juan are talking to America and say, "Hey, you know, we sort of had something like this happen with Spider-Man with the multiverse," do they still know that he's Peter Parker? It makes sense that they probably don't, but they know that they interacted with Spider-Man. They just don't know right. who it is. Yeah, but I feel like somehow it's going to get like subtly dropped in some in, in another movie where, you know, strange probably knows it's Peter mm-hmm. or well, they won't, you know, initially say anything, but like halfway through like Avengers five or whatever, it'll be like Peter, he'll call him Peter or something. And yeah. Like you remember me? It's like, I've always remembered you or some. You I know, want that thing. moment. <laughs> yeah. Cause there, I mean, it, I feel like that, yeah, people have the complaints that, you know, we built Spider-Man from Civil War, you know, Tony Stark, now Doctor Strange, you know, he went through all this stuff with all these Avengers, now no one knows who he is. Uh, did that really go, I mean, it went through the, I guess it, he did the spell through the multiverse, so like Carol Danvers, when Captain Marvel said, hey, Peter Parker, does she not know who he is now? Her doing her own thing, wherever. Yeah, I don't think she does. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think when I thought, oh, wait, maybe he does know who Spider-Man is, but it makes sense that he either, A, he definitely does it, he did the spell on himself, or he's one of the only people that knows he's Peter Parker, but he's not going to mess with him. Right. Yeah. Um, But that that was my list. I kind of went on a couple tangents, but... Dude. uh, No, that was a great list. Yeah. I love love hearing all that, because you and I chat like pretty much on a daily basis just sending whatever's going on um whether it just be like memes or news or just like so what'd you think 
but we never get to get that in depth with everything, especially with the MCU. It's it's really awesome to have the opportunity to actually hear your place on everything. And one thing that I like totally have been agreeing with you on is like even lower on your list, like 11 to six, you're like, man, I, I hate putting this here, but like, but the bar is just so high for phase four for me. Like I had Moon Knight in my last place and like, I loved watching Moon Knight. That's not a knock to Moon Knight, but it's just a, it's just saying how it's good phase four is so far and how enjoyable it's been. So um, and I was kind of getting the same vibe from your list. So no, that was, that was great to, great to hear and a lot of really insightful stuff. Yeah. Let, let me go get uh, my trash can. I'll go do my DC list now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shazam was good. I like Shazam. Plus we get Black Adam trailer on the 8th. Yes. Is that when it's coming? Okay. Yeah. yeah that better be good. Yeah, on Instagram that the trailer drops on page. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. I'm buying all the good. Funko. I'm buying all the Funko Pops for that. I don't care <laughs> if it's good or not. Um, but um, yeah. Well, I think that is about it for this episode of Donut Squad Radio. Um, I say Zoom was kind of a success. I mean, we'll yeah. see if I can even uh convert this into an MP3. Sure, I can. Um, so if you're at home listening, it means I successfully did it. So, um, great job to me. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, Kevin, I think we're going to definitely have to have you on here more. Absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. You know, you were, I, I listen to you guys when I'm, it's a 30 minute commute to work. So I get at least an hour of you guys, whenever you guys drop, uh, drop an episode on Spotify, which I really enjoy because trying to have YouTube up with no service in the middle of Hawaii is oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of annoying, but you know, Spotify was definitely the move and, you know, whether it's, you know, for the Obi-Wan or anything you guys, I know definitely for Thor, I'm going to want to talk that. Mm-hmm. If, if we will know, definitely be doing a Thor. I think what we're going to have to do is like a, uh, a Thor like round table after show. Yes. Um, yeah. Where maybe we do something like this on zoom and we've got Steven in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get Shannon to do a segment about what worst character she likes. <laughs> um, she'll probably like the like uh, animals that pull the boat thing. Yeah, yeah that'll be her, her her favorite character. Actually, no, those seem pretty likable. I don't know who's <laughs> favorite character, but anyways, um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be doing more of that. Um. Obviously, talking more Obi Wan. We have a lot of Star Wars coming up. Yes, they announced a lot at Star Wars Celebration. Um, I actually really want to dive into it instead of just glancing over it. So I think if we do um, a show next week, we'll definitely be doing a show pretty soon um, mm-hmm. with our with our friends. But that's going to be focused on on a lot of Disney stuff. Um, but um, I'll dive into oh, Star Wars Celebration. But then uh, Miss Mar- Marvel drop next week. Yes, it does. June eighth. Oh yep, I'm excited Very about nice. that. Yes, yeah, I I am so excited for that. So man, that's gonna be Wednesdays are gonna be so yeah. awesome now. Yeah, oh, the man. actress seems so endearing. I really she, liked her from the from the trailers. I mean, did you see the video? What was that, Kevin? I mean, she's she's like a Marvel fan. Cause she's, yeah. she's like 19 or something. 
And oh, really? Like, she's like a picture of her from when she was 15. She dressed up as Miss Marvel. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. And she, um, cool. Marvel put up the Zoom call um, where they told her that she got the part. And it was just, it was the coolest thing. Oh. And like, I don't know. I, I'm going to, I think I'm, I'm in the place where I'm going to like this show, even if it's my least favorite show. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm going to yeah. enjoy it. Like, yeah. But this, I think. This has been, uh, this has been <clears throat> lately with uh, their younger actors, actresses. I know they did that with the the girl who did uh, the voice for Moana. They, they did, they released like the Zoom that they did with her where they tell her, hey, you know, you did good during your thing. Unfortunately, you're going to have to, you know, move because we're going to need you to do the <laughs> for Moana. And, oh uh, my gosh. Also, Moana, ten out of ten movie. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but awesome. Yeah. So I think that's a wrap for uh, Donut Squad Radio today. Um, thank you for everyone for taking a listen, taking some time to listen to us. Um, if you like what you hear, please share the podcast with someone you think will like it. It helps. Um, we're not here to get rich and famous, but, um, if we can bring a little bit of happiness to someone's day while they're driving to work, then, uh, we are, we are all for that. Um, feel free to take a look at us on Instagram at donut squad radio, all one word. Uh, please comment, um, request, whatever it may be. Uh, we have a lot of really cool stuff coming up. More Obi-Wan, Miss Marvel, um we have thor coming up we have Lightyear, the new pixar movie coming up i am so stoked for that oh i'm so So, excited we just have we're living in like the golden age of television we're living in the golden age of fandoms like i'm just blown away um life is good i can't can't put it any better than that um but uh guys any last thoughts on anything we talked about tonight before we sign off show me a grown kidster in episode four yeah, I'm right there show with you. Him. Show them. Just give us Kitster. That's all I want. Or even a Greedo. <laughs> uh, plot twist, Kumail Nanjiani is Kitster. Is Kitster. <laughs> Kev, any, uh, any, last, any, last, uh, any last words? No, just thanks for having me on. I look forward to hopefully collabing with you guys again. I know it's a little hard with the six-hour time difference, but if I can – uh fitting y'all's schedule i'll definitely like to be back dude thanks for being on here yes, honestly thank you so like much, kevin it it was a blast um yeah. i loved hearing your takes you added so like so much stuff that neither of us knew about you know mm-hmm. little tidbits in the episodes and stuff it's freaking awesome um but yeah we'll definitely especially saturdays sundays we can mm-hmm. do something like this you know like we were in the evening you're in the afternoon um no, it works out super well. Um, but that is all. We'll be on here again at the very latest, um, about a week from now, um, doing an episode with our friends who are coming to visit, talking about some Disney stuff. Might want to do a, a quick after show with Obi-Wan in the meantime, if we have the time next week. I think I, I don't see why not, uh, especially with this this whole Zoom technology we got here. Um, technology. <laughs> But uh, but hey, from uh, Donut Squad Radio, I'm not going to do my cheesy sign-off again. We're going to come with something better. But from Donut Squad Radio, I'm Adrian. And I'm Colin. And Kevin. 
Oh, uh, I guess me too. <laughs> and Kevin. And Jim thank you much for listening. <laughs> Thanks, and, guys. All right. <laughs>